Hi everyone, welcome to Boxed In, the podcast where we talk about cult movies and genre films while being literally boxed in. Uh, we've taken quite a long hiatus since the last episode, but we're very excited to finally be back. Uh, I'm your host, Mas Buzidi, and I'm joined as always by Nico. Yep, here. Uh, <laughs> today is a pretty fun episode. We'll be discussing uh, films of 2021, so films that came out last year. We're a little late, but you know, so be it. And uh, we're joined by a very special guest, and dare I say, friend of the show, Leo. Leo, how are you, man? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? I'm all right, man. I'm, nice. uh, I'm excited to be someone who's classified as friend of the show. That's like... Friend of the show. Oh, you're the only you're, you're the one. More than, more than friend of the show. We <laughs> have, we've had Leo on several times. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, and it's always great, and it always never ends up being just about whatever the topic of the episode is, so... Look, digressions are my bread and butter, man. Absolutely, yes. Uh, <laughs> talking is my bread and butter. So, um, yeah, so we're, we're doing 2021 films. There's been, honestly, like after last year, uh, 2020, just a two years ago, technically, actually, uh, which was kind of a, uh, there were some great films, like I really loved Minari, but like there were, it, it was a, in yeah. Baccarat, which is technically a 2019 film, but it came out in 2020, like distribution-wise. Uh, there were some good films, but it was a pretty weak year overall. And this year wasn't like all-time great, but there were like a lot of films that I actually loved that I saw, whereas like there weren't really any films last year that I loved, loved. Um, so I'm excited to talk about those films, but I think that, you know, maybe we can start off by talking about films that we disliked or hated, and then some honorable mentions that didn't exactly make the cut. Um, so, uh, Nico, Leo, what were some films that you guys hated? Oh, well, um, they're the, they're the, the best picture nominee that I absolutely detested. Oh, no. And that's Don't Look Up. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, my fucking it's God. It's awful. Yeah, I watched it. Shot on thirty-five millimeter, though. You did okay. No, I did it, not. I no, I didn't it. see. I said it was shot on thirty-five millimeter. Oh, which is like the uh, worst. I, I saw it. Well, that's on my. Yeah. That's on. That's one that's on my list. So. No way. Yeah. No. What? Yeah. On your top ten list. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, oh the, God. The, we'll 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 get to it. <laughs> we'll but, get to um, it. Maybe we will hold off on this. Don't look up talk because I feel yes. like it'll bring some. Um, yeah, we'll we'll hold it anyway. I watched it with my family. None of us really laughed. And you're like the biggest there. Jonah Hill fan ever, Nico. For a while. Yeah, I, I love Jonah Hill. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I don't know. I just couldn't get behind it. Um, and then uh, beyond that, I, that's the only movie I really disliked. I have a few. Aside from that, I just have a lot of... I have some movies I was disappointed with. Go so, ahead. French Dispatch. You? I love... Okay. I love Wes Anderson. Yeah, I was say. I'm a journal. I'm a journalism major. Really? Um, you know, New Yorker. They're but this just I don't know. It's it seems so like up its own ass. No. And, um, what, what the fuck, man? You you the Grand Budapest Hotel is up its own ass. This movie was not. But well, uh, it's no, on, this well, one. This one took French... it up, and I, I I don't know. I feel like but it just for, like okay, for deflated me... a lot of historical things sure for, um, i thought it was oh, for yeah. the sake of the the anderson aesthetic yeah i thought it was very hollow and empty like especially if you compare it to like life aquatic or darjeeling limited or royal tenenbaums which like you know are so layered and have these complex characters in like this dollhouse world you know which i which is what i love about his early films this one his last like five movies have been up their own ass but i thought this one was this kind of like really like savvy kind of french new wave homage and i loved the anthologies and i liked how that allowed it to have like no kind of you know, not a lot of 
Because his last few movies to me felt hollow. I didn't feel anything from them. But this one well, is an anthology. But, hold on, really... hold on. but the homage, but that... the, the homage is just like I think very disrespectful, like to the really? French. Yeah, it's like to the. I think so. Um, I didn't find the... that. I'm French, and I and 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 I didn't find a, to uh, any disrespect. Or, or not, not 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 to not to French film. It's a Fran- like the like sort of the political uh, situation at the time in France. Uh, that's how, yeah, that's especially how I felt about the, the Chalamet 68, yeah. like, well, like the parody of a revolutionary, um, it's just like, okay. Yeah, because they I, just I, want I, to go well, there. There's, like, a big, like, a hard-on among directors for, like, romanticizing 68, um, and also, like, getting, getting a kick out of it, and it's just, I don't know, it seems like poor history telling. Another thing that bothered me here was like aesthetically, it was just all over the place. And for so for I agree, it was regularly very much like he's always very in control of how how the film looks and um and you know the film did feel like an afterthought. It did feel like an afterthought. It is just like yeah, the like switch between black and white and color and animation, and it it was just like it was. I don't know, it was very distracting. It's hard to think um, that guy who made the, the Royal Tenenbaums and Rushmore made this movie, to be honest. I mean, I can see that how it's... Being a, said. I, th- I can see how it's a, a progression. Like, if you double down enough, you know... A bad progression. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, like, sort of Wes Anderson has been kind of teetering on this, like, this, this edge for a while with his last couple films. But um, that's why I like his early stuff more. But, Me too. Yeah. And I think, honestly... Yeah. I saw a great video about this... And it's almost like once he made Fantastic Mr. Fox, which I think is a great movie, uh, a great stop motion yeah. film, he, I think, grew obsessed with being able to control every part of like what you see in front of the camera. Whereas to his now his live action films, like Moonrise Kingdom, Grand Budapest Hotel, and French Dispatch, the three live action films he's made since, feel like live action stop motion films. Like where everything just feels so like lifeless. And like, you know, he just has these actors who he uses as puppets who are not like real characters. And everything just feels like, like fake, you know. Mm-hmm. Does that make yeah, sense? I, I I can get I can get behind that at times, but uh, like especially with something like Grand Budapest, I didn't like the made up story. Yeah. Uh, but here, the fact that it was just riffing off of uh, these historical moments and and just like I yeah. don't know, well, turning the, them out that's through me, like the Anderson like filter. A, is, that seems like a silly reason not to like the movie. I mean, because he took advantage of a political revolution that you know you weren't born in. I I I, I don't know. I, I much more agree on the whole like random fucking like light switch of decisions of how nothing seemed to be coherent. I, I whether he like the, the movie doesn't take anything really seriously. You know, so I don't know if, if its misrepresentation of a political revolution is grounds to call it one of the worst movies of the year. I, I'm not. It's, it's, I'm, he's not calling I'm not it one, calling of, the it one of the worst. Theater. I'm just saying but it was a movie I was disappointed I, with. Yeah, I, I, um, I also found it exhausting because of. Yeah, the that's of that's that's yeah. definitely yeah. Um, and, and then the uh, the acting, I just yeah, I found hollow. Like, Chalamet, you know, Chalamet I, was annoying. Um, uh, I, I, I liked Owen Wilson. <laughs> I did. I did. I forgot like about Owen Wilson by the how. Oh, uh, he's only the first into ten the minutes. Movie. Yeah, yeah. It, it was so weird how it was structured. Like it's his Owen Wilson, part, and then there was like three I could have cut it entirely. No, no, no. Make the whole thing. movie about him. And then I also really like the Jeffrey Wright uh, Japanese guy, Chef Stephen Park uh, sequence at the end. That was really sweet. Um, I, I thought that was the best. Yeah, that it just came too late. And to I didn't. Save but the, the whole thing is like Wait, the movie. Remind like, me of which 
what sequence that was. That was the third I, one about the the, the the police cook and uh, the, oh yeah yeah the James Baldwin yeah. parody kind of befriending the the chef and you know he poisons himself at the end. And yes yes. Bill yes. Murray tells him about the throat. Yeah yeah yeah. And Bill Murray should have been. There were so many opportunities. Like they kind of banked it and like marketed it as this whole like love letter to journalism. And I only really got that at the beginning and the end. You know, in the middle, it just seemed like Wes Anderson doing his thing, you know what I mean, right? And, like, having fun parodying French movies and stuff. Like, honestly, I saw Rifkin's Festival, the new Woody Allen movie recently, and it has, like, a bunch of, like, you know, like, it puts a Wallace Shawn and a bunch of, like, you know, puts him in Persona and Jules and Jim and, 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 and uh, um, Breathless and Eight and a Half, right? And it's like, oh, look at me, I'm in these movies and everything. And it's just like, and they, they mimic the lighting and Stararo does a good job of making it look like that. It felt like that, but it wasn't a gimmick. Like, they didn't mean it to be a gimmick, you know? It's kind of interesting because Woody Allen has already done that with like various yeah. films. <laughs> so Which one? Oh, was it? What, what did he do that with? Uh, uh, one was Stardust Memories. I was about uh, to say Stardust Memories. Where he, he's only put him. That, that's more just the movie itself is a, is a kind of a knockoff of a Fellini film. Yeah, but didn't. Uh, yeah. Remember, it was Cairo, but that's just a fake movie. Not really. He's never done it to this extent. Like, he, like, this is actually putting somebody in a like, like like making a parody of a movie within a movie. Radio Days, a little bit, you know. I guess, yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. He's definitely like, knocked his, off through right? like, early like, A lot of his early movies were just like kind of. I, I mean, like, Love and Interiors Death. Interiors is, is a Bergman one. movie. Oh, yeah. That, that, that's a funny. That's a great movie. It's a really funny movie. Yeah, um, yeah but uh, French Dispatch, I would say, is disappointing. And his whole career, the last 10 years, to me, especially as somebody who loves Darjeeling Limited and Royal Tenenbaums and Bottle Rockets, it's, the like, thing it's is, so disappointing to see. I can't help but get excited for the next one. I, like, I, I'm you not. Know, it's he, like he, he just, just gets all these this. big I, white I guess he's got Asteroid City, yeah. but I'm not. I, that one, I'm like uh, hesitant to pout. But I'm really excited for the Roald Doll biopic. Oh, it's, um, it's not a biopic. Because I, I, I don't know. I grew up on Roald Doll. It's like. It's not a biopic. What? It's not a biopic. Oh, sorry. The Roald Doll, like, Adaptation. short story yeah, yeah, anthology yeah. with Benedict Cumberbatch Me as too. a version of Roald Doll. Um. Anyhow, uh, regarding the whole love letter to journalism thing, it's it's just a love letter to the New Yorker and like <laughs> the whole Richard Brody like naming it the best movie. I, of Richard the Brody's year, a like, fucking hack. But I'll say the one thing that it's so annoying. I know, it, I know. Yeah, it's like the um, NYPD like listing Drive Across Concrete as their favorite movie of twenty nineteen. It's like a little yeah, bit of bias um, there. I don't know, it's like a Euroboros. <laughs> like um, Wes Anderson steals Salinger's short stories from the New Yorker and makes movies. Richard Brody compliments them. It just yeah, keeps going yeah, in circles. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's it, like, it, all right. Also, the one thing that Richard Brody did really well this year, though, is gave a positive, glowing review to Clint Eastwood's Cry Macho. That was great. That he, was, I was really He also wrote a great um, I I review of um, Licorice Pizza. That was great. Yeah, Licorice Pizza was great, too. We'll talk about that soon. Uh, all right, my disappointing movies of the year. So there's a difference, right? So there's, like, movies that I thought were just, like, shit or fucking shit. Space Jam 2, you know, Venom 2, uh, Black Widow, Eternals, Shang-Chi. All the twos. <laughs> yeah, uh, Free Guy, terrible movies, right? Free, oh, my God, don't get me started, Free Guy. But there were, like, some really, really disappointing movies that I thought were just, like, I was excited to see them, and they were fucking dog shit. Mainly, uh, Fr- uh, Francois Ozone's Summer of 85, which I thought was not good. Uh, and uh, Sorrentino's Hand of God, which I thought was terrible. I thought that, like, it was, like, one of the most, like, unimpressive, blandly shot, like, uninteresting movies that had no focus and, like, didn't know what it was trying to say. And it was, he was trying to make, like, a coming-of-age movie, and it was terrible. But maybe the Did worst movie... Did that pick up any Oscar noms? Yeah, Best Foreign Film, it... which baffled me. Titan got nothing. Uh, but the one that the one the, maybe the worst movie I saw this year, not even Space Jam Two, was Jungle Cruise. 
just fucking like lifeless. How they were trying to market that, say it was the next Pirates of the Caribbean. Fuck no, man. They were like in a slosh of fucking green screens. And Dwayne Johnson as a fucking skipper on the Amazon. No, like you can't just play Dwayne Johnson in every movie. You know what I mean, right? He's bald and he has tattoos. It doesn't work like that. You can't just be anything you want to be. Like Schwarzenegger wasn't fucking playing the president in movies. The whole joke in the Simpsons movie is that Schwarzenegger becomes the president. You know, it's like you can't just put these fucking wrestlers and bodybuilders as like regular roles in regular society. It doesn't work like that. So I hated that. Movie. I want. I was um, I was watching Jungle Book like silent off of somebody's shoulder who was watching it on the plane. That's creepy, Nico. Seemed pretty pretty entertaining. Jungle Cruise like, or Jungle Book? Name? Jungle Cruise, sorry. Dude, it was um, terrible. What, what are you fucking talking about? What's Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson? I, I just like looked I, I'm over. Trying, I, I, think, I, I think Nico experienced it ideally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, the visuals were so, so what's, bad. What's it, of a, uh, on another screen yeah, what, what's the, I was surprised to see um, Paul Giamatti from Breaking Bad. Jesse Plemons. Oh. Jesse Plemons. <laughs> He's the worst. He was like a German soldier and he has this weird like fucking like like fucking Hitler accent and it's the worst, man. Yeah. There was like these like weird honey creatures um, actually, I, yeah, I can't tell you. Yeah, what it's I didn't. About. I didn't yeah. see it. <laughs> did you? Those are my disappointing movies. Then, uh, Leo, did you have any worst or disappointing movies? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, I handed out like a lot of like um, very low ratings this year. Um, really, you're kind of a tough critic, though. I feel. Uh, like uh, I, I just like what's good. <laughs> so that, that's that's pretentious. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, no, it's so, all good. Um, uh, okay, so. Uh, the the ones that I actively just like despised, um, mm-hmm. being the Ricardos. Yes, I fucking hated that movie. Oh, I couldn't finish. I haven't it. seen that. Awful. Uh, Tick Tick Boom. I haven't I, seen it, but I like Andrew Garfield. But I'm I saw that one clip of them like fucking singing very fast, and I wanted to fucking castrate myself. Um, yeah, I I mean like I, <laughs> I I started off the 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 watching Tick Tick Boom with a slight headache, and then it just turned into a migraine by the end of it, like. I'm I I'm not really exaggerating here. Like I I like I was like like disabled like like uh like kind of just like put out of commission um uh for the rest of the day because because like the the because singing tick, tick, boom. I'm yeah, sick of Lil Miranda. The singing I want somebody was so to fucking awful. take him out. Um the singing was really bad. The the I think the songwriting is is just like obnoxious. Uh I I, yeah. I know it's like like this like off Broadway show or whatever, but like I, yeah, I thought Jonathan the songwriting was right, actually yeah. terrible. Um, yeah. I can't stand them in Miranda. Um, and then, else? yeah, the two, um, the two uh, that I hated, uh, that I just couldn't stand, uh, Kingsman. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh. I, man, I heard that was so shit. Matthew Vaughn, what the fuck happened to him? That's just like, they offer him money to make a sequel. He's been stuck making Kingsman movies. Like, and also, I hate his whole like, full CGI double action scenes like where he just like, does the fucking action scenes in previs and has like, CG, obviously CGI doubles fighting. Mm-hmm. The first Kingsman movie was good. I thought it was fun. It wasn't yeah. a great movie, but I actually had a lot of fun with that movie. It has flaws. The second I, I one's it, awful. The second one's fucking dog shit. Uh, uh, this is uh, the only one I've seen, but um, oh, the first one's a good bit of fun because <laughs> it's not set in World War Two. It's with Taron Edgerton. It was the movie that made Taron Edgerton a star. Right, and it's Colin um, Firth yeah. and Sam Jackson, Sophia Boutella. You know, it's uh, it's yeah, it's, fun. I, it's a fun I, movie. There, like a there, like oh, a lot oh, of the reason yeah. why I, I hate this movie is because it's of its politics. Um, it's like a, uh, like the. It 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 uh goes for goes for like a you know uh independent uh, like private like secret service 
that that's sponsored by the government. So and then there's also like a kind of this like kind of like like pushing away of like colonialism. It's like it acknowledges that it's bad, but ultimately like like a like a this um, preserving the the sort of like political power structures of like like pre World War of like like World War One uh, mm-hmm. is like good and like getting getting the world into World War One is good and like uh, what isn't there like a Hitler post credit scene too. Yeah, so uh, um, Lenin. It's like a Nick Fury, like it's like Lenin uh, teams up with Hitler at the end. Yeah, it's like Hitler will return. Like they do like a Marvel thing, and it's like yeah. it's like I'm here to introduce you. I'm not even joking. I've seen the scene. It's like we have a new member of the team, and yeah, let no, me introduce it's... to you Adolf Hitler. And he walks out of the shadows, like it's like Nick Fury then Iron Man, and then it goes to black, yeah. and he goes Hitler will return. Yeah, it's a that's wild. I know. It's, it's really disgusting. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and then and then I think the the worst. And Reese Ifans plays Rasputin. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I mean the Rasputin <laughs> fight is good. Like I, I know you have like. Did they play the Boney M song the, or no? On the, f- uh, I think so. I, I okay. don't remember. Um, I was very Your tired. Was just like a German guy like lip syncing <laughs> over them. And then and You're then the. Um, <laughs> Leo does not wait, know what to say to that. Wait, what? Wait, what? No, no, no. <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. It doesn't it. matter. No, no. What's the, what's the worst movie? Uh, I think this is like Space Jam 2 is like one of the worst movies of all time. Like, oh, me too, man. Like, it, it honestly represented so much of what's wrong and what I hate about like the studio system and movies and consumers today. It's like, let's just make every, put everything in there. Like, you know that? And the Mad Max Fear Road scene. Again, I wanted to castrate myself. Like, I was like, what the fuck am I watching? You know, it's yeah, it, the worst part about it is like, you know, like I, I don't really care too much about like, you know, preserving the sanctity of these films or whatever, but like it, it's uh, it wasn't funny, like, yeah, it's, if it's, Space Jam <laughs> was a bad movie, but it's like, it's like, okay, you know, it doesn't like fucking, you know, assault but my eyes. I, the, the thing is, it's like it, I, I felt so like, like, so I, I, I just came off of watching Southland Tales. Do you know what Southland Tales mm-hmm. is? Yeah, with Kevin yeah. Smith. No, yes, it's, it's, it's a, a follow Kevin up Smith to Donnie Darko. Yes. Kevin yeah. Smith is in it. Yes, he is. Like, yeah, like that, that's a that's a very strange like of all the casting choices. Like, yeah, no, okay. Uh, but, um, what are you trying to say, Liam? Yeah. Don't cast Kevin Smith. No, but but it, it, like he's in such a small part of the movie that like and and he's almost like unrecognizable. Like, yeah, in in, in in his role, um, that that like I was like Kevin. Yeah, oh yeah, he's in the movie. Like, but um. He, uh, I, like, I, I'd come off of watching that, and that movie is, like, a hidden, like, I feel like it's a hidden masterpiece, and, like... I think it's a gem. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's oh, fun. my God. It's so good. Uh, I haven't seen um, it in a minute, but, yeah. Uh, did you watch the director's cut? No, no, no. Should I? Yeah. Okay, I'll revisit <laughs> it and watch it, but how is this correlating <laughs> to Space Jam 2? Okay, so I, 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 I'd watched that, and I had such a good time with it, because it's just, like, it's, like, one of those movies that you just kind of, like, like let your brain like pour out of your ears and like drip on the floor you know it's so like stupid but it's amazing mm-hmm. um and then to going to watching space jam 2 which is which i found like very like fundamentally upsetting to me it like it it, it offended me like in a, in a way that like i didn't i didn't really understand like i just felt so like all the joy got sucked out of me like after watching such a great movie mm-hmm. um 
it was it was just an awful experience uh i'd say like yeah Yeah, i i I fucking agree man that it it was so appallingly bad um yeah (laughs) yeah um okay well should we get into our our Right. Our best film. So here's our, here's what we're gonna do. It all right. So you wanna do your honorable mentions? Oh, my honorable mentions. But only okay. Yeah, sure. Actually, we'll do that first. Here's my honorable mentions. All right. So I had the French Dispatch on there. I agree with it. I still had a good time with it. I thought I, I, for the reasons of I was incredibly like st- stupidly impressed with with um, the production design and you know the cinematography and the use of film stocks and just the craft of it. Which that's which for that yeah. that's. French Dispatch for that sole reason. Oh, French Dispatch. Okay. Yeah, for that for that reason. Uh, Power of the Dog. I liked it. Cry Macho. I liked it. Zola. I liked it. Bergman Island. Disappointing, but I liked elements of it. I really liked the kind of. Have you seen? Have you guys seen Bergman Island? I've no, seen none of the know. movies that you're. That you're uh, so it's this me and Hanson love movie about these two screen actors <laughs> on Island. And, I really uh, like her. Handsome no, yeah, she she's done some like Romero-esque films, which I really dig. And um, Eden's amazing. I haven't seen it, but she's so so. It's like Tim Roth and uh, Vicky Creeps from Phantom Fred and Old, and that Shyamalan's Old, and um, uh, they're on uh, Bergman's Island trying to finish their scripts. And the, the the way they marketed the movie, I thought it was gonna be this whole exploration about the screenwriting couple, and it's not. It's just like most of the movie is jerking off Bergman and talking about how great Bergman is. Tim Roth like doesn't really have a character, and then it's like her fake movie that she's writing, which is really great. Which is like Mia Wasilowski, and then Anders, the guy from uh, all the Joachim Trier movies, like Reprise, Oslo, and Worst Person in the World. He plays her fake boyfriend within the fake movie, and it's called The White Dress, and it's literally a fucking Eric Romare movie with swearing in it and lots of sex, like. But the talking and everything, and it's like a great scene where they dance the Abba's uh, Winner Takes It All, like that for that like movie within the movie, which is like a big part of the movie. Incredible. Um, then I had Spencer, which I thought was a good movie. It didn't really make leave an impression on me, but I thought Kristen Stewart was very good in it, and I thought that Claire Mathone's uh, 16mm photography was great. And then Shiva Baby, Emma I've Sogman's. Heard, I've heard wonders of yeah. the cinematography on oh, it's It was great. And then Shiva Baby, Emma Sogman's directorial debut. Uh, really good example of a funny, low-budget, first feature film. I think it's going to be a cult movie. I think it's really funny. You know, I, I didn't it's love great. it, but I, I, thought that, I, I thought Rachel Sennott was incredible. You know, and uh, it's just it was a really great expansion of the short film, uh, which I had also seen. Um, so that's that. Those are my honorable mentions. Um, I like uh, even though I watched like a decent amount of the like this year's movies. Uh, yeah, I I guess I didn't watch. <laughs> I guess I didn't watch enough of them. But um, I watched quite a bit because I have free movies, so I just go see everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I guess yeah. I don't like my my list is kind of stretching like the like the movies that, that that's okay. I, that's I, I cool. that's okay. okay. No, no, honestly, no, mine still is too. Like my, my movie. Yeah, I have like list. seven uh, that I love. But I'll, here here are my honorable mentions. All right, we've got Crypto Zoo by Dash Shaw, which I think Dash Shaw is the most exciting American animator right now. Okay. Uh, my entire high school sinking into the sea. Hilarious. This one even more imaginative. I think a bit too like crude. But uh, still really, really fun time. A Cop Movie, which is a movie I hadn't watched twice. It's uh, by Alonso Ruiz Palacios, who's an up-and-coming Mexican director. I thought it was really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Strawberry Mansion, which I watched yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Re- really fun, like, dream logic. Um, you know, it quirky, uh, zany characters uh, caught in this, like, I don't know, uh, like, poppy... Uh, world like where everything's like very like pink and green. Would you call it, it, it colorful? Nico? Fun time. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Power of the Dog, I thought, was oh, uh, I know really that subtle, well-made. Uh, the Velvet Underground doc, thought... I haven't uh, seen it yet, I'm it dying good. to see it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cherries, which is the new Ken Jacobs movie. Oh, the, the Russo Brothers Cherry? crazy. Hmm? Russo Brothers Cherry? No, no, wrong Cherry. This is, this is Cherries plural. And it's spelled in such an insane way. It's got like sure. an X and then a C, whatever. Yeah. It's really good. He does this thing where like, I, he calls, he patented the like term, um, it's called eternalisms, but it, it, the the image always looks like it's uh, moving in a very interesting way. And then I've got um, short films by um, Morgan Quaintness, which I, I thought were really excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Surviving You Always and A Human Certainty, which both touch on um like adolescence in um the uk growing up with drug culture and yeah. uh very very powerful very unique uh form of filmmaking yeah those are, those are my honorable mentions cool all right well so before we get into the actual list let's restart the meeting since it's about to end five minutes okay mm-hmm. um, sounds good cool you keep your voice uh recording on though okay cool sure yeah Time to see. Hello. All right, let's do this. I'm actually excited now. Let's. That was a good little intro too. Um. Nico's here. Cool. Everyone got their headphones in. Nico. Yep. We're still recording. Mm-hmm. Still recording. Okay. Cool. I can only go to like two fifteen, two twenty. So let's try and get this in like an hour fifteen. I think we can. Oh, All that's right. perfect uh, for me because cool. I have to. I have to go golfing. <laughs> All right. They, oh, golf. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Cool. Who wants to start? All right. So. Um, top 10 films each. Uh, since you are the guest, Leo, I'll mm-hmm. let you start with 10. So what we're going to do is that we're each going to say 10, we're each going to say 9, we're each going to mm-hmm. get 8. You know, easy does it. Don't go ahead. Don't give your 9. Don't give your 8. Everyone's okay, got to okay. go first. I mean, okay, so like, like I said before, like I'm sort of stretching out what I can like consider yeah. like great or the mm-hmm. best films. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, like a, it's a very incomplete year for me. Mm-hmm. But um, I, it was kind of a tie uh, for... Um, on for number 10. Uh-huh. Let me actually see if I have 10 here. One, two, three, four. Five. Also, just want to say, I want preface, I have not seen Memoria, which I really want to see. Yeah, I, I have a whole either. list of movies that I haven't seen. I'm not going to list them all, but I'm just going to name the big ones. Uh, Bad Luck Banging, oh, yeah. Cry Macho, Drive My Drive Car, Macho. Oh, Dune, need to see Drive Green Knight, Memoria, uh-huh. Parallel Mothers, Summer of, of Soul, yeah. and Worst Person in the World, and Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy. I'll list my ones. I haven't seen see. those. Yeah, Memoria, Mass, uh, not me, but the movie Mass, Tragedy and Macbeth, uh, Wheel Are of Fantasy. Are you fan- watching it? Because it's 
you know, similar to your name? Yes, no, it's actually a movie about, like, these people in a room talking about, like, a... Movies? Uh, you. No, uh, like, a, it's after, like, a violent tragedy. The, the two parents of a different, like, different altercation mm-hmm. talk. It's incredible. It's all in one room. And then this, um, this kind of, I think, a Portuguese film. It's called The Tosuaga Di- Diaries. It's on 16. Oh, yeah, you told me about it. Yeah, I want to see that. And then I want to see Parallel Mothers and uh, Nightmare Alley, a um, new one. Um, oh, I haven't seen that either. Just because I've heard a lot of good things about the uh, cinematography, even yeah. though it's digital. I, I guess I'm just going to list the ones off my watch list. So, The Lost Daughter, After mm-hmm. Blue, Escape, oh, from, yeah. Escape from Mogadishu. <laughs> I just saw a screenshot of it. I thought it was funny. Yes, yeah, yeah. the Saga Diaries, yeah. Uh, Drive My Car, Compartment Number 6, The Worst Person in the World. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to see this because you rated it, Nico, I think. A Rock Bottom Riser. That's, we'll that's, get to that. Uh, I think I actually have a, I, I actually have a rule: we can't talk about Rock Bottom Riser on the podcast. Sorry. Why not? Not joking. <laughs> all right. Um, more... see, what do we see when we look at the sky? Uh, uh, we are all going uh, to the World's Fair. Mm-hmm. I did not like that movie. I, uh, I think my friend Connor put it best. He was mm. like, "It's all girl eighth grade." Mm. Um, but. Yeah, fire. It's, it's got a great soundtrack because it's Alex G. Oh, okay. But it just doesn't fit the oh, movie. Oh, yeah, Alex it's a horror film. Okay, well. huh. Yeah. Fire Dai? The Criterion released yeah. that one. Uh, uh, Bring Your Own Brigade, which is like a which is like a documentary about like private um, private uh, fire uh, like fire brigades in Malibu because they because like mm-hmm. yeah the it's that situation is is fucked uh, and Crypto yeah. Zoo. Cool. So. All right. Well, how about you All give right. us our number ten then, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So the the number ten is kind of tied. So mm-hmm. it's uh, between Spencer and Dune. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> two very different movies. Well, I, yeah. Well, let's talk about Spencer first then. W- okay. Why Spencer? I haven't seen either of these. So. Okay. All right. Close your. Well, you haven't seen Dune, Nico. I haven't seen. That's Dune, like being. No. That's like be like being in nineteen seventy seven and not seeing like Star Wars or Close Encounters. I don't think I. I, I do think it's so. Good as Star Wars. I don't think that's good as Star Wars. You notice it's not on my honorable mentions or my favorite list. Um, oh, actually, I haven't noticed that because I haven't done my favorite list. But you you had a bad experience watching mm-hmm. it. I heard. Granted, yes, but I also just I hated the cinematography and I thought it was a pretty like of Dune. Yeah, oh. I, didn't, I, I didn't like. This. I like the I like the some of the framing. I thought was like mm-hmm. really cool, like Lexus sixty five, like wide format. But all this whole time, I heard Denis in interviews talking about desert like, power. Yeah, Denis like I, we uh, really use David Lean as the inspiration. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia, the color you could you could feel the sun, and I just saw this lifeless gray like. Muted fucking color palette, and I wanted to just like leave. It was so mm-hmm. boring. Did Deacon's DP? No, Greg Frazier, who was like one of my least favorite DPs. He shot season one of The Mandalorian, and uh, he also Rogue, did Rogue Arrival, one. right? Uh, no, that's not him. Uh, but he did do uh, uh. Rogue One uh, uh, as well. And he does this very like muted color palette. And he's doing the new Batman movie, but he's he's done a very poppy look for that for a lot of it. And uh, he's added a thirty five millimeter grain to it, which is another whole thing I don't want. I'm get into. excited for Batman. Me but, too. Right, me too. Dune. But, What's the deal with Dune? Uh, Leo, since you picked it, I'll let you speak about it first. Okay, um, so um, I I mean like you know I I have I have problems with Dune. Sure. I uh, I also think. Uh, Timothy Chalamet isn't the best casting choice, even though he got the movie made. Um, yeah. I, I just I just didn't buy him as a uh, Paul. Um, I I can't a uh, Paul. Yeah, 
Um, I, I don't know, like, e- even though the David Lynch's Dune is, like, <laughs> far, like, very much inferior to this film, I, I don't know, like, I, I felt like Kyle MacLachlan was, like, so much more likable as a Paul, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, other things, like, I, like, the reason why I paired it with Spencer is I think, like, both the cinematography is, like, equally masturbatory, you know, in very different ways. Uh, like, uh, they, really? like, it, yeah. Well, what, um, so what did you like about Dune's? Did you like Dune's cinematography? I thought it was good. Uh, it was it was nice. It, it just like it just got like it just got tiring. Like the the thing is is like I'm I I like Dune. I uh, uh, like uh, it. It was just I just felt the length. You know, I felt the length, and I felt that it was very like almost soulless. Like, I kept talking about how, like, Denis well, wanted I, to, I like... I think this is a, pro- a general problem with, like, Denis Villeneuve's films. Like, me too, me yeah. too. Like, That's uh, why I love Blade Runner 2049 so much, though, and it's clear that he didn't write it, it wasn't his existing story, is that that movie did have a lot of, like, soul to me, with the Harrison Ford daughter storyline. I and, thought, yeah. And Ryan Gosling's character. That's why I like that I one. think the ending really sells Yeah, it. some of it is a little bit kind of the monotonous Denis kind of, like, mmm, you know, trudging through the fucking gray, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, but... Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, like... Prisoners and I like Prisoners, but Sicario and Arrival. I, it's just like I, this. I think Prisoners is by far his worst movie. Really, <laughs> I, I, could not I, I, I like it, but prisoners. I also saw it. I also saw it in like middle school, but, which is like my kind of like you know like oh, yeah, man, this is I, yeah. I've seen Prisoners that, since then. That's how uh, I mean. Like uh, I saw it on a plane, but like the, <laughs> the, but but what I what I remember of it is like it starts with a prayer, and every like the four or five subsequent shots all have a cross in it, and it's like. I get it. I get it. I get it. You know, I, I, I understand <laughs> that's like that, some, that. That's like, that's like Zack Snyder's imagery. I always like when he, puts it's, yeah, like it's, a it's like symbolism. It's like so obvious. And then like, these people are hypocrites for like, uh, you know, uh, yeah. believing in Christianity, but torturing the person. <laughs> is it like, is this a moral question? It's like, I don't care. I don't care. Like, yeah, Roger Deakins, he did a good job. Thank you for that. But like, yeah, you yeah. know, that, that's like the prisoners just kind of, I thought so, it was really funny that Jake Gyllenhaal's character's name in that Loki. <laughs> no, his oh, name's Loki. Is it Loki? Yeah, it's Loki. I don't know. It, yeah. It's like a random yeah, like, yeah, Norwegian yeah, 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 yeah. god. And, and, like, and I, I fucking guarantee that it was some sort of... I don't know about Loki in Norse mythology. I know that Tom Hiddleston's like the god of mischief or whatever, but like... Like, I'm sure that he was trying to say something by, like, naming his character. It's like when they fucking named uh, Richard Madden's character Icarus in the new fucking Eternals movie, and they literally have him fly into the fucking sun at the end of the movie. It's like... That's funny. Yeah. I did not watch that. <laughs> no, I, I just saw it recently because it was on Disney+. Plus, um, and I have someone's password for Disney+, Plus, so I thought I'd watch it. And uh, nice. it's terrible. Uh, but anyways, for me, Dune is this, right? I don't think it's a bad movie. I think, I think it's a good movie. Uh, I, and I, I, really, well, hold on, I, I really like the ending. Uh, which is not what most people say. And it makes me excited and interested in the new thing. And there were aspects that I like. I loved Hans Zimmer's music. And mm-hmm. I don't tend to like this whole like digital gray kind of like look to movies. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of just my like pre-existing bias. I thought some of the framing on, like I saw an IMAX was great, but I also had an issue where in the projector that I saw it at, and I paid premium format pricing, right? It had chromatic aberration, which is like green and pink highlights on it. And no one complained, and no one noticed it, and I was just like, it really pissed me off. So there's that too. But I do think that it was like, I, 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 I thought the same problem with the trailers, and I watched part of it on HBO Max afterwards, and I just did not like the way it looked. And I don't think Timothy Chalamet, mm-hmm. who I think is a terrific actor in most films, I don't think he was that captivating in, in this role. So I'm hoping, I know, I haven't read the books, but I'm aware that Paul Atreides kind of 
becomes like a mad king and it's kind of like a whole white savior aspect that they kind of tackle. So I'm excited to see if he, they'll like have him go like nuts in the next film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chalamet I, goes nuts. I, again, I think it's, I think the film is fine. You know, people like, go, people went fucking crazy about that movie. No, like, yeah, people, were raving. Well, people called it like the next Lord of the Rings, and I, I, I rewatched Lord of the Rings, and I, those movies just feel so much more real. You know, like just like they shot on location for Dune, but I'm being honest, man. Like it's like it's it's these it's the the digital cameras that add like, such an artificial sheen of like I don't believe any of it. It just feels so fake. It feels glossy, you know what I mean, right? I felt that, like, he kept referencing fucking, like, uh, David Lean, his cinematography, and, like, how, like, fucking, like, he could feel the sand. Like, I couldn't feel anything in Dune, you know? There was no sweat. No one was sweating. It's supposed to be so fucking hot, you know? You know? So. I'm, I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah. The, the so Spencer? Spencer. What, what's going on there? Spencer? Um, I, like, it's kind of a similar deal. Like, uh... It's kind of it's kind of a similar deal where it's like I I like uh, I liked it um, there and I had some problems with it like uh, mm-hmm. there what was it so spent uh, how can I like classify this so so like I really like uh, what's what's the director's name uh, pa- pa- yeah, Pablo, Pablo Lorraine. Lorraine yeah 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 he made so, Spencer oh, the Jackie so I, I, really I think he's had a really, really interesting like career trajectory yeah I really um, like Emma. Um, I don't think it's oh, that like was fan- that was crazy. I don't think it's fantastic, but I liked it, and and so like I'll see every most movies he puts out if I can catch mm-hmm. them. You know, like I always look forward to his next one because he he always does something interesting. It's not. I it's think like, he has a really yeah. I think he like spins the biopic genre in a, in a very interesting. I agree. Way with I Jackie agree. and Neruda. And- um, yeah, it's a kind okay. of like it's almost like like shining like ghost vibes like it, it's it is it's just not really a biopic it's like they they are like and it's just kind of a, like an overused word but they are like through and through just character studies in like one day of a person's life. Well, yeah, yeah. No, what I I think he's able to like grab like very specific moments from these historical figures' lives and use them as uh, as a as a pocket to to explore. Uh, yeah. What they what they've come to mean as a whole. I like oh, Jackie. I more think though. he does that really well. Yeah. Yeah. I I I just like like the um, the reason why like go like I I I like what he does. Um, but the reason why it like lands like lower on the list is that like uh, um the the narrative throughline is like very vague and her yeah. coming to terms with um, I I don't even remember her like she has yeah to what what does she come to terms of something, terms of something? Yeah, um, exactly. Like uh, her father's death, or being accepted into the family, or rejecting the family, or leaving the family—I—I I, I don't remember. But uh, they—it's—it's it's fine. It's like also, can I be honest, man? So I hate the royal family, and it's really annoying to even have to watch a movie that's like like looks down on them. But like this whole narrative, like Princess Diana was like a person of the people. Like we love in our culture and in other cultures to like take political figures and like big figures who like kind of like say it how it is and like are a person of the people and like kind of like fucking like make them into angels and heroes and you know we like preserve the the light and cancel the shadow and like you know make them into these fucking like you know martyrs and i know something princess diana was some fucking rich white girl who married a rich white guy divorced him because she was a fucking ugly son of a bitch and you know she 
you know, did some stuff for AIDS and, you know, used her name for some good stuff. And then she died at a very young age. We don't need to have a bunch of movies about her. You know what I mean, right? She, like, there were far we more interesting so people. so many movies about her. Oh, I, I don't know if you're being sarcastic, crazy. but it's true. Like, with the, the crown. Like, when three different people are playing her in the span of fucking two years, like, and who the fuck, who cares? You know? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. You know, and I don't mean to talk. Um, I'm sure Prince Diana genuinely was, was a very good person. But, like, they're, like... Tough fucking titty, man. Like, there's more interesting people than Princess Diana, okay? It's like... Yeah. All right, Maz, what's your number 10? Yeah. <laughs> uh, my number 10 is Titan. Um, uh, Julie de Cornet's nice. movie. That, that's um, an honorable mention of mine. Yeah, honest. so here's the deal. I saw, I, I saw Titan in a packed theater at the IFC Center uh, in New York. And um, the first, like, 45 minutes of it, I thought this is a well-shot, interesting, but really disturbing and unpleasant, uh, like, slasher, like, violent body horror. Not body horror, that's not the right word, but, like, gory movie, right? And I was like, this is very uncomfortable, okay. right? And then I didn't read about the movie except for the fact that it was about the movie of the woman who fucks a car. And that happened. I was like, okay, that happened. But then the whole aspect about the fi- uh, Vincent Landau's character, the, the firefighter and the lost son, which started as like, I thought it was going to be like a small 10-minute thing where it's like he has That's to escape the dad. That's where the heart the of the movie is. But it, we kept seeing with it, and I was like, it really touched me, and it made me love that second half of the movie. Like, I was like, wow, it's so, so like, bizarre and profound and beautiful, and it made me think about the movie for, like, months to come. And mm-hmm. I, I just really love that whole Vincent Lendl uh, character, how he, like, shoots up, like, fucking steroids and, like, dances to that Lighthouse song with, like... And it's it, such a it was weird so, movie. It, yeah, it, it was so way. fucked up, too. I love how fucked up it was. I liked how, like, you know, it, it, like, like, you know, she's, like, this boy and she breaks her fucking nose and, like, you know, she's, like, covering her, like, fucking breasts with, like, tape and shit like that. And, like, it, it was so... It was a disgusting, like, beautiful movie. And, and I, I really admired it a lot. Yeah. I didn't love it, but I admired it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Did, uh, you, yeah. did you watch Titan? Yes. Leo? Yes. Uh, it's actually my number nine. Um, okay. Uh, well, Nico, you give your 10 first. Yeah. And, uh, All right. This is, this is going to be an interesting one for Math. My number 10 is Licorice Pizza. Oh, nice. Uh, by PTA. Yeah. That's, that's uh, wh- oh. why so low? I'm just joking. That's actually, it's pretty cool that's on your number 10. You know, it's in your top uh, 10. Yeah, no, I, I really, I had a blast with this movie. Me too. Uh, another one I saw with my family uh, was San Diego. Um, just, I don't know. Just, I, I think there's something so beautiful about how Paul Thomas Anderson captures uh, um, an LA that, or a California that's not there anymore. Um, he did it with Inherent Bias. He does it here. Inherent Bias is better. Uh, but he yeah. he looks at he looks at it with such beauty, and you can't help but fall in love with these characters. And um, yeah, and then just like the way it's composed, I I saw it was so so engaging. You know, he's just passing the baton from one funny story to another. Yeah. Um, and you're just along for the ride. I, that's I thought a it was that's great. a really good way to put it. The passing on the baton to another. And I've talked to people who really didn't like the movie for like the narrative reasons and everything, and for dumb reasons like the the Asian scene and the age gap, which is a bunch of bullshit. Uh, but um, what I what I really loved about it is the the the, the whole baton element of like it's literally just like you're having like a a, a drink with your friend. You're like, so what'd you do this summer? And it's like, oh, and yeah. then I did this, and then I did that, and then, you know, we fucking delivered a waterbed to John Peters. Oh, let me tell you about how we, like, interned at a political agency. And then there's this girl that I've been, like, you know, and, and we did this and that, and it's just, like, through that, like, aspect of it, it, it creates, like, a very, like, great structure, which and is, like, you have to let, you have to let yourself, like, go with it, you know? 
Yeah, it's also really touching. Like for it being all, it, like it manages to at the end like rope everything in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and get that g- great hug with uh, Haim and yeah. A- outside yeah. of the fucking great. El, the El Portal with the mechanic and yeah, El Live and Let Die. I also just love the whole aspect of like the adults being just such pieces of shit in the movie. Like all of them just being such <laughs> a, yeah. like whether it be the Japanese restaurant, the, the, the white guy who like fucking mocks uh, his Japanese wife's. He's a complete idiot, or like John Peters, or like William Holden's knockoff character. You know, I I loved everything oh. with Sean Penn and Tom Waits. Yeah, Tom Waits coming out of the, the smoke is like one of the what, one, one of the, the best shots of the year. Scenes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I just love how like there was a bunch of like old Hollywood cronies, but like it's like and like once I was on Hollywood was like about like TV Western actors, but then like this one was about like those like B kind of like C level like Valley actors who like no one knew about like who do like TV guest shots and stuff like that and they were like talking about like you know like they were fucking battling with their forks and talking about doing more yeah, that's what I was and I just love how like Sean Penn just kept talking about his old movies like I lost my best black friend in the river Charlie was looking through the bushes and like <laughs> I didn't really get it the first time but the second third fourth time I just thought it was so fucking funny and I also just love the, uh, how the fake movie they're making Rainbow is literally just uh, uh, Clint Eastwood's Breezy with William Holden and like uh, and how there's a fake director and he's like cut a ruski and uh, there's just so little like this, the, the, so many great moments that just made me very smile and feel warm inside but my favorite moment was by far the Benny Safdie uh, dinner scene uh, that whole yeah, moment really took me by surprise was, was incredible and I also just love the framing of it how it's there's a mirror across from the table and it's Benny and his boyfriend, and then Alana's right there behind the camera, but we see her because she's in the mirror, so it's like a through shot. I, I just thought it was incredible, and it, it was yeah. Um, and I and I loved the 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 the, the casting. Cooper and Alana were were, were terrific. Um, it felt very real. All right. Yeah. Leo, back to number nine. Well, he he has a ten, yeah. right? To ten, yeah. Do you have any um, thoughts of your own on ten? Yeah, uh, I I thought it was. I thought it was good. Like it's like uh, the 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 sort of um, the, I I really enjoyed the horror elements uh, and uh, how um, you know I the 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 whole the the structure of the movie is like very weird. I I really love the uh, okay. So I really love the the car uh, stuff. Um, mm. uh, yeah, you do. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I. I you know, I I'm I'm not really a big fan of Crash, or um, or like uh, there, there's another. <clears throat> I thought the racial another... politics were kind of weird. Oh no no no! no, no, no I'm, I'm joking. Not I, about, I know you're talking um, about the Crash. Uh, <laughs> I love doing that to people. I'm sorry. Um. So. But 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 I also read the book, and I read Atrocity Exhibition by, and they're both by J. G. Ballard. Was it a Titan like... book? Hmm. Is it a Titan book? No, no, no. No, crash. Oh, crash, crash, sure, continue. Crash. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Um, and I thought that they they were uh, they were interesting, and uh, but but I didn't like the uh, the execution, and that that's and and that sort of kind of like holds over to to crash with the um, with, with sort of the transhumanism elements. I really love um, when it focuses on on like a the you know the woman's relationship with the car and and like yeah. how um and like this weird this weird thing that happens with with like her sort of um giving birth to like a us like a like a cyborg or like semi-mechanical human um yeah. 
That was, and, a, that and, was a crazy idea. Yeah. yeah, and sexuality in cars and is something that's like a really like I think is a very interesting thing to explore, especially like in a in that visceral of a way. But um, mm-hmm. I thought like, th- and that's that's where I think the movie shines. But um, uh, for, for me, like the like I I wasn't like too. Uh, I wasn't too like uh, like I wasn't pouring over like the second half of the movie. Like it was, I, I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Uh, Damn. I, I, uh, I really liked the first half a lot, but um, I don't know. It, it, it was just a. I, it's. It was just like too too much. I don't know. Really, uh, I thought the first half was a little too much, and the second half was kind of beautiful. I, uh, I don't know. Like the there's there's too much like. There, there's so much like, uh, like really fucked up toxicity in there that like I. I oh, just, with the dad and all that shit. Yeah. yeah, I, I just didn't feel as. It's a really hard movie to watch. To be yeah, honest. it's it's a hard movie to watch, and like I, I just kind of like yeah, I, I like I felt the the movie kind of le- like feeling weird, um, and I guess that's the, the point, effect. Yeah. Have you seen Raw? Yeah, I did. I had. I, 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 yeah, I thought I it was fine. Uh, I'm movie. not. I'm not like a. I'm. I'm not a like a super huge like the fan Corneau of films, fan, yeah, but okay, um, yeah. I, I like it. I I like their. I like her movies enough. You know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So. Here's my number nine. It's a very. I think this will be the weirdest. Just bear with me about this choice. Um, okay. It's uh, it's James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Nice. I will explain why. Okay. So I thought I that I thought it was gonna be dog shit. Um, mm-hmm. I think James Gunn's a fine director. You know, I think that the Guardians of the Galaxy movies are probably my preferred Marvel movies. You know, they're still formulaic, but they're fun. And they have a lot of heart, and you know, I, I like those characters. Uh, but also the gimmick of like using like the top seventies songs, you know, that everyone knows, and like acting like they're super niche and like, oh, how did you find those songs? It gets on my nervous a little bit. The Suicide Squad's yeah. an actual like kind of like I want to say daring because anything that's dealing with IP content is never daring. If it, as long as it has a DC logo or a Marvel logo, it's not daring, you know. But it, do, it within that whole like formula, it took risks and allowed itself yeah. to be its own movie and didn't set itself up, up for sequels. And like you know, I, I I thought that it had a really good energy to it, and and I made me feel attached to the characters, like a sh- fucking talking shark, a, a hero whose like power is like calling rats. And, like, I, I thought it was really stupid and silly and, like, did a, a useful kind of reinvention of the whole, like, Lee Marvin, Dirty Dozen, like, Men on a Mission kind of thing. And it was a grindhouse movie. It was really violent. And, uh, like, the, at the end, they fight Starro, who's, like, a big fucking starfish. It just did not give a shit, which I thought was really admirable. And, 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 and it was very like, cinematic and, 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 and had these really cool title cards. It just felt like it did its own thing and it was its own movie. Which I like. I've been really tired by superhero movies. Like, even though I enjoyed Spider Man, I didn't put it on any of these lists just because, like, at the end of the day, it's like barely even a movie anymore. Like, these movies are, have stopped becoming movies. They become like kind of like, uh, uh, uh like these, these, these just like products that are like so. It's like almost like an algorithm that are so like fucking like. It's like the dopamine hits that they that they give you and everything. Like you, you're, you know, you're going to enjoy it, and there's no risk in that anymore. Yeah. So at mm-hmm. least with Suicide Squad. I was like, oh, why? it completely just took me off, threw me off guard. You know what I mean, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a great movie by any stretch of the imagination. And in fact, I think it's a worse movie than some of my honorable mentions and Teton. But for the pure amount of... had more fun well, with it. Because I had so much fun with it, I was like, I'm going to put it in my top ten. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But one thing yeah. I will say is I can lose James Gunn's like, really immature like dick jokes and like, 
you know, like, that's a little more, <laughs> you know, yeah. And, Ho- and Margot Robbie overacts as Harley Quinn. I think she should turn it down a little bit. But I guess it's the point of the character. I'm not a big comic book guy. I don't watch comic books. I don't re- read comic books, so I wouldn't know, but yeah. Um, yeah, that's my one comic book movie on the list. Mm. All right. Uh, my number nine, a movie I had a lot of fun with. Uh, I do have problems with it, but Annette. Uh, Leo Carrick's uh, oh, yeah, Sparks yeah. musical. Leo uh, Carra. Yeah, Carra. Um, uh, you know, he hadn't made a movie in a while. He comes back, he makes a silly, uh, op- this melodrama with Adam Driver and like a puppet baby. I, baby Annette. Yeah, I couldn't help it. Couldn't help it smile. It was great. Um, yeah, it's it's really like long, but it, it keeps you engaged. There's some some nice surprises. I don't know. It just it, it was very interesting to me that it's like it's it then it's a very like traditional like opera story, but with all these like small like details of uh of like what a crazy man like her would like choose to to put in there and like making the baby a puppet and yeah yeah, um, yeah. I like that movie. these uh I remember there being the. All those, all those, like, strange shots of, like, Adam Driver, like, driving off into the desert, and uh, at, just Adam Driver onto himself throughout the whole movie is just on... He's, he's giving a performance he's never given before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I had a great time with uh, Annette. Um, I, haven't, I haven't rewatched it. Um, I don't think it's nearly as good as any of Carl's other movies. Like but, Holy Motors? Um, yeah. I, still thought, I, still, I still thought it was really fun. And I think that's because the end of the day it sparks script yeah and it's very it's kind of got that like childish tone to it uh that's just decorated by uh cross um particular whimsy when it comes to filmmaking mm-hmm. um but um it's still super enjoyable did, yeah. did any of you watch it? i've seen it that yeah i don't know i was a little perplexed by it i thought it was very good um, I, I fell into the same rank as a like, green knight i admired a lot of aspects about it and mm. but i didn't think about it too much i i it, it didn't do much for me you know overall um but uh I, I like the music though the music was great and I, I like adam driver is one of my favorite american actors working right now in terms of like the kind it's of the, the newer guard of actors even though he's kind of middle he's like in his 30s now hmm. um yeah uh leo did you see that no <laughs> all right what's your number eight leo i was speaking of adam driver house of gucci <laughs> No, it is not. Yeah, it is. Yes. What? <laughs> that movie is hilarious. It's so funny. <laughs> Wait, is, oh this, is this an ironic way or an un- unironic way? I legit, like, you know, like, I think narratively there are problems, but, like, I, I had a great time. Like, it, it was it was fun. <laughs> it was so fun. Um, really? I, I mean, I think it's it's better than, what is it, The Last Stand? Last Duel? Yeah. Um, I've seen that. to that one. I so, started Hasegoshi um, and then I stopped it. Um, yeah, just the, uh, what's his name? The Jared, Jared Leto's character Jared. is so fucking, I so love funny. how he, like, literally what, just played did, Wario. Did it in fit that in the movie, Yeah, he's though? literally Wario. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think he describes, uh, his, like, did, like oh, his, let me pull, I know exactly what you're gonna say. Like, that interview is insane. The, yeah, the, 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 my skin was parmesan my veins, and my blood yeah. was, like, marinara yeah. sauce. <laughs> so here's, here's the quote, here's yeah. the quote. So he goes, uh, um, 
All right, here it is. Um, so what exactly did he do to embody his role as Paolo? Leto says, I did it all. I was floating lines of arabata sauce by the middle of this movie. I had olive oil for blood. This was a deep dive I did. If you took a biopsy of my skin, it would, become, it would come back as Parmesan tree, uh, cheese. This is my love letter to Italy. There was a lot of work and preparation, and yes, I had an Italian accent, and I enjoyed and embraced that, and lived in that space as much as I could, for, as, for as long as I possibly could. I climbed into that creative cave and came out through the bowels and intestines into the esophagus of the one and only Paolo Gucci. He thinks so highly of himself when he's just playing a caricature. Yeah, no, it's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, but Lady Gaga too. Like, oh, she's the so Italian fucking annoying, dude. She's all Russian. year, and then it just like being this dumb performance. This ridiculous act. <laughs> yeah. She was talking about how like, she's like crying the on the ground. Ridiculous. Like, the movie, like, well, I, her trauma. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think the the film should be taken seriously. And but that's the problem, though, is that I, I if you take it from that lens, it's like a, it's almost like a parody movie. You know what I mean, right? I, I mean, then, I mean, like, like, like the, the first thing that like is is inherently wrong with it, and I think it is is that they're speaking English, and so so like just by yeah. that layer of separation, like the, the like like I I cannot take like like it's very hard for me. Like it, it takes it takes a lot for me to to take a movie seriously where where they are speaking in another language like that it, it's like there there's there are movies that do yeah. it well granted but um <laughs> whenever that happens i always think of where eagles there when don rickles and clint eastwood break into like a german officer's saloon in nazi germany and just start speaking english with a german accent and then like the nazis like okay go in you're okay and, mm-hmm. and <laughs> yeah like... exactly it's 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 ridiculous it's ridiculous so so um like you know the fact that it's in english it's like okay like okay we're we're one level removed from 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 like taking this story seriously already so and let's, then, a, let's take it the whole yeah. like mile i heard al pacino was hilarious in it too oh so funny like uh the everybody's al, funny it al pacino's face when when uh when uh, uh paulo gucci sells sells like the entire thing it's, oh, it's like yeah. so what does he do he, he he's he he gave like a bunch of share, his shares of Gucci to to Adam Driver's character. Yeah. And he's like, you did what? And he's like, yeah, I needed the money. And and he's like, you killed me. You fuck. You, yeah. you, you, you fucking Also, me. Al Pacino and uh, Jared Leto, like after that moment, just like bonding again as father and son yeah. in like, his crummy apartment. <laughs> so like try to cook. It's uh, it's great. The uh, yeah, House of Gucci. Fantastic yeah. for all the, um, I don't know for all the right and the wrong reasons. Yeah. R- um, rest in peace to all the gelato that um, Paolo Gucci ate or did other obscene things. <laughs> <to. laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Is it my turn? Go yes. for it. All right. So another m- more populist film that I really loved uh, was No Time to Die. Um, so granted, also haven't seen I'll that say one. I'll say my issues with it first. The whole uh, nanobots. Shit was fucking dumb as hell, and Rami Malek is not a good villain. He's a bad actor, and uh, <laughs> it was kind of a bummer for that to be Daniel Craig's last uh, villain. Granted, I thought it was an incredible, like maximalist three-hour, like shot on 35, 70 millimeter, like escapist, beautiful love letter to Daniel Craig's Bond, and it perfect because my issue with Daniel Craig's other Bond movies, even though I really like Skyfall and I love Casino Royale, is that they like they don't have fun as a Bond movie. They're so dreary and like cold and like. 
Oh man, it sucks to be James Bond. And like, they still do that thing, but it, it mixes that perfectly with like the old like globe-trotting Sean Connery thing. Like the first hour of this movie mm. is actually the best Daniel Craig there's ever been. It's like they go to Cuba, wow. they go to fucking uh, uh, um, uh, uh, fuck uh, Jamaica. They're in London. They're in the U.S. It's like it's and then like this is huge. They're in Italy. There's like and then like there's like handheld seventy millimeter sequences and it's this huge movie. Like this who fucking, shot it? It's Linus Sandgren who shot La La Land and uh, uh, ah. the new David O. Russell movie and it's directed by Kerry Joji Fukunaga who did True Detective. Yeah, no, I, I know Fukunaga. So it's, just, it's I br- really it's like brilliantly Fukunaga. directed. It's brilliantly directed. Daniel Craig kills it. It's just a really fucking good blockbuster. I thought it was just really, really well made, and I, it, it was emotionally satisfying, and just the, the lighting, it, it was great. It, it just feels like, like nowadays, you know, with a lot of blockbusters, it's an excuse to like not like make things look good. Even with comedies, you look at like it's like, they look like TV movies. You know what I mean, right? Yeah. Like they shoot everything in a soundstage. Like I like. Everyone was fucking giggling their shit when Tobey Maguire and Alfred Molina reunited. All I could think about is the fact that they were never in the same shot together. You know why? Because they shot their shit 10 months apart on a fucking soundstage in Atlanta. You know, that's like selecting takes and making a movie. That's not directing, you know? So, like, when a blockbuster won't take that lame-ass excuse that there's already built an audience and makes a fucking actually, like, artistically, like, intelligent and thought-out and well-made movie, I respect the shit out of it. And I had a good time with No Time to Die, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. No, I, I definitely want to watch it. Yeah, um, it's, it's great. Yeah, it's, it's. I. I don't know. I I didn't I didn't like uh, No Time to Die that much. Um, sure. I don't know what I like in a Bond movie. All I know is that my favorite Bond movie is Thunderball. Ha! <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> so you have to your Sean Connery. Like, well, even that's not like campy, but like you, you like the globe trotting, like espionage kind of. Like, yeah, yeah. Let's have fun with this kind well, of thing. Well, it's it's a lot to do with just like um, it's less to do with like the, the the movie itself and more to do with like the locations. The, yeah, well, the, you like, must the have liked the first hour the of those No Time to Die though, when they're in like Cuba and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. I, like it's 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 nice. Uh, I. Yeah, I, I just think I just think there there's there's some some sort of structural problem with a lot with a lot of like the modern Bond movies and like carrying over to action movies where I just feel like okay so it, I I think this is what it is so like when yeah. when um you uh, so so when John Wick got released it 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 raised the bar for how to cover action or or it modernized it or made it not modernized it but made it into like the contemporary style. And, and, uh-huh. and the fact that um, we sort of see these like full body sequences now kind of like uh, kind of um, uh, we kind of see the camera tricks of the older of, of older shakier style so so now um, that like the, the sort of like more more uh, you know like the, the raid kind of style has been popularized here so yeah. I just feel it's kind of like uh, like a, a like a James Bond um, suffers um, like the action sequence suffers significantly from this, especially the hand-to-hand combat. Or it's not like a dance, you know? And mm-hmm. it's, it's, this, it's this sort of like kind of like older, sort of more brutal style with like kind of like, you know, cut, 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 you know? There's and, not a lot of cuts though, because Fukunaga does long takes. No, I, I understand that. It's yeah. The, but, but it's just like the way they cover action, I don't think, is, sure. is to the... To the stand, to the stand. It, it's not. That it's very modernized and it's not very Bond esque. Mm-hmm. And I like the more traditional aspects, but the weaker aspects were the more modern actiony kind of things. I agree. Yeah. Uh, like the whole forest, like helicopter, fucking like Range Rover sequence was like so anti Bond. 
Mm-hmm. It was beautifully shot, but it, I, it did not feel like I was watching a Bond movie. It's like Bond, like a military jack with a fucking machine gun, like gunning down Range Rovers. And I was like, <laughs> it's fucking cool, you know what I mean, right? Yeah. But it's like, it's just the whole idea, like Daniel Craig is like the tank Bond, you know what I mean, right? Like it's not like the smooth and elegant kind of guy. It's like the, yeah. the battle scarred, like lover, you know? Who, yeah, like, he doesn't look like this. But I like that. I like that a lot. Like, he, does, a, he, yeah. he does kind of look out of. Out, like a little out of place. I, I don't know. Like, Dan, like the the way Daniel Craig kind of like holds himself is it's just like he's like the he's like your 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 playable character in like the, the NPC world. You know, like yeah, like, <laughs> like he just like sticks out like a sore thumb. I don't know. Like yeah, it's kind of joking nice out. Yeah, his suit is like very tight. You know, it's like it's yeah, very weirdly tight. I don't know. He's a tank. He's a military guy. Like, but that's and, and that, I hope they do something different. I like that for this one, but I hope they do something a little bit more traditional for the next Bond. No, sure. Uh, let's, let's let's move it along though. Uh, Nico, okay. what's your number eight? Um. Okay. Yes. Number eight. Uh, this is a movie I watched recently, "In the Billowing Night" by Erica Etengsale. It's a it's a very beautiful uh, documentary, um, about uh the history of, uh. France's colonial relationship with uh, um, Reunion Island. Um, I don't know. It was something that I I definitely wasn't informed about enough, and um, I think it's it's it weaves in landscape in a very beautiful way. Which is you know that's that's the new like formal documentary trend. Like how do we how do we explore uh, the relationships people build in a place through the actual like landscape and nature of that place um mm-hmm. but i saw i thought it was very effectively done here and there's these great um there's these great interviews uh the director weaves in with her father throughout the movie that really uh add a, a degree of humanity to the whole film mm-hmm. um yeah definitely worth checking out um and it's not too long it's only it's 51 minutes so yeah um, sure. and, and it's shot incredibly well all these shots of uh, both of Reunion Island and then like countryside France, um, just just like I don't know, it's like that perfect. Yeah, Hasaguchi. <laughs> no, you already did Hasaguchi. Okay, I did. That was my <laughs> Wait, number so that seven. Then, then it's my turn. Then right? No. What was my I think we finished the round. That's the thing. So so. Oh wait! Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! Uh, what's, what do you have after House of Gucci? <laughs> Don't look up. Nice. No. Okay. No. 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 One second. One second. One second. One second. I got. It, I got. It. So, okay. So I guess I think it's my turn to do my seven because I haven't done my seven yet. That was your seven. Uh, Hasaguchi was yeah. So that uh, my seven is to drive my car, which I haven't talked about yet. So I guess All it's right. my turn then. Yeah. Go for it. All right. Cool. Great. Jump in. All right. M- m- cool. All right. My number seven is Ryosuke Hamaguchi's Drive My Car, um, which is. Quite the movie. I'm a big fan of, of the author of the source material, uh, Haruka Murakami. And um, I, I actually chose not to read the short story that Drive My Car was based upon before because I heard that it kind of, you know, was quite different and longer because it's a short story and it went to a three-hour movie. But I found it to be... It's not a perfect movie because, you know, this t- t- top ten list is kind of, as Leo says, stretched out to kind of include movies that normally wouldn't be on my top ten of any year. Um, but I found it to be a really beautiful and slow burn kind of examination of, you know, grief through art, you know, this kind of play, it, it tells a story, not the spoiled story, but it tells a story of a, of a play director directing a, a adaptation of Chekhov, Chekhov's uh, uncle, uh, uncle Vanya. And, um, you know, after the, the death of his wife and kind of how he, how he 
I don't know, it sounds corny to say how he copes through that, but also just, you know, it, it, it's, a, it, it's a perform. he used to be an actor, and it's a performance that he played years ago, and kind of how he works through that, and he meets this young girl who, uh, uh, because he's losing his eyesight, he has to have a driver drive him to and from the set, and it's the, the kind of relationship that they form, and how, you know, she goes through her own things as well. Um, uh, I, I just found it to be quite beautiful, and, I, and it was one of the few movies this year where something kind of happened to me while I was watching it, which was like, uh, 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 it was almost like a trance, you know what I mean, right? Like, by mm-hmm. the time it was over, I was mentally exhausted, but, like, I, I kind of lost, like, the perception of time. Like, my friends mm-hmm. who just saw it last night, who I was talking to, uh, they were saying they kept, they kept wanting to check their phones, and, like, I kind of forgot, like, that I where I was, you know? And I'm not saying it's a masterpiece, it's not, in my opinion, it's not, but, like, I don't know, not, not many films, ha- I don't think any other film had the same effect on me than, than that one. Have you guys seen Drive My Car, either of you? No, no I didn't get a I chance, unfortunately. I, it, like uh, he's been on my weird. the director's been on my radar for a while though with um uh, happy hour yeah happy hour yeah. is like the five hour yeah. my coworker joseph it's like his favorite movie ever uh and and hamaguchi i work at film forum for the listeners here and uh hamaguchi came to do a q a for drive my car and uh he came early him and his translator so i work at box office so he came to, to sit to sit with us for a second mm-hmm. while the showing was going to be over and i got to talk to him and everything sweetest guy uh, I would never have expected him to have made Drive My Car, you know. But I've I've never seen. I really want to watch Wheel of Fantasy and Fortune, which I hear is like so a, a, a Japanese Eric Romare movie. Everybody's um, been saying that's yeah. another one of the great films of twenty twenty one. So the fact that yeah, exactly. Able to hit it, I mean, I think even filmed twice. Them, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and um, really, I think what stuck with me the most in Drive My Car uh was um the performances the lead actor um i don't know his name and i don't want to find it out and butcher it but he's absolutely terrific and while i don't like this whole trend of like absolutely realistic cinematography with no lighting and just very flat digital cinematography the framing was incredible it's like these very like cold long wides and like people in the corner frames you know it's uh, it was very striking um so i highly recommend it. i thought it was really really good yeah, oh and no. also the title card comes in 40 minutes in I'm definitely, I mean, hmm. I, I was going to go watch it this weekend. I was going to go watch it the weekend before that. I feel like that that's just been the pattern, but I, I will be getting to it soon. Um, and I'm very happy yeah. it, it um, got the Best Picture nomination. It, it's like... Yeah, it's like, it's kind of like the, the, the Academy chooses like one foreign film a year to be like, you know, to be like the representative of all global cinema. You know, it's like... It's kind of a bizarre thing, like what but like, it's was still, it's still very, and, it's still very much of a gamble. Like I was, I was reading Eric Cohn's uh, recent piece on like how that film got uh, distribution and it like premiere at Cannes and it's it's this three hour like foreign language like it should not be doing the number that's a box office that it, it's doing. Yeah, it's and, like you know, it is a box office hit. It's a box office hit, like of. It's yeah. definitely a box office hit here, but it's also a box office hit in South Dakota. So I think I think there's something very incredible <laughs> Whoa. Uh, about like well, it's how f- it's it, well how yeah, well yeah, maneuvered yeah, yeah. this distribution strategy has been. The fact that more people are Buy looking it, at yeah. Hamaguchi. Um, the fact that now people are able to go and like um, you know kind of scratch the rest of his filmography. Um, you know he's been around mm-hmm, for a while. Mm-hmm. He made and, yeah. Is is no, it no, a like is his filmography kind of available on streaming services or something? I, I feel I like his movies it. are on Canopy. Uh, yeah, and you can definitely I think, rent I think them for like two ninety nine. Um, mm. Yeah, but I, I was gonna say at Film Forum, we've been playing the film for four months, 
And these last two uh, nights, it's been sold out still. Hmm. It's a, you know, I, I think it had a very short theatrical run in LA, so I, I didn't get to see oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Damn. Fucking the Mecca of Cinephilia shows one of the best movies of the year for a short run. That, 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 what does this world come to? Damn. Yeah. A lot of his stuff is cri- on Criterion because, well, Janice, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, is running Drive My Yeah, car. it's crazy that Janice Films released it because I don't remember the last like, new film that. That Janus Films released. Well, I really recommend reading this uh, column by Eric Cohen. Um, I mean, but Janus yeah, Film back in me. the day. Fax me it. Uh, I'll fax it to you. Yeah. Uh, back. Thanks. I mean, mm-hmm. back in the day, they were dis- distributors of Bergman and Fellini. So you know, it makes sense that they're doing this now. I. But it was, it was through. The... Oh yeah, I also heard. Um, what? I I also heard that in the Adam McKay movie. Yeah, the, they're doing Janus that Films. too. Yeah. Uh, but any yeah. no no the. The person who had a distribution here, I think, was a guy who was at IFC, and it's not it's not Janus Films directly. That's it, but they like made a another company, kind of what like when uh, Miramax made another company to distribute kids. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's that. Oh sort of yeah. Thing. <laughs> but um, sure, sure, sure. On the on the oh wait, I was I was gonna say on the don't look up note. We we should go to Leo. Oh yeah, so I guess. But I, um, well, no, no, no. I guess Isn't I still have mine. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Afterwards, we have. Yeah, we'll we'll Nico. get okay. there. Sorry. Um, well, actually, you didn't because Nico, Leo already mentioned at the beginning of the episode yeah. that "Don't Look Up" was featured in his best of list. So mm-hmm. never mind. All right, number seven. Uh, Prayers for the Stolen by Tatiana Hueso. It's a Mexican film. Um, it's on Netflix. I had no idea it existed and then I had to watch it for class and I was really amazed. It's about um, the disappearance of women in um, territories run by cartels focused on opium farming in Mexico. Um, But uh, it focuses on this this child and, you know, um, assuming that perspective and being immersed in uh, in a very chaotic scenario, and it, you know it's already something so bewildering. It's even more so from the perspective of this kid, um, and mm-hmm. uh, Wesso, who I hadn't seen a film of before, really does an incredible job of um, kind of taking you through the life of this girl growing up in this very particular scenario in a very elliptical fashion, just. Uh, kind of jumping through time, through the moments that, that really resonate and through that creating a very emotional portrait of um, this girl growing up. Um, yeah, I wow. thought it was really strong. What was strong. it called, you said? Uh, Prayers for the Stolen. When did you watch Prayers that? for the Stolen. I watched that in January. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was funny. Cause like, was it when we were in L.A.? No. It was, was it when uh, we were in L.A.? Okay, I was then. in San Diego. Um, oh, Okay. Well, uh, you know what doesn't sound good? What I suspect to be Leo's sixth pick. I, uh, I didn't expect to be roasted for my choices. But, uh, uh, yeah, don't look up. <laughs> ah! <laughs> yuck. All right, continue. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. it it's, uh, I thought it was funny. Like, uh, it, like uh, I think it's sort of... Um, I don't know. Uh, I like a. I have. It was a good outlet for just sort of, um, kind of. I don't know. Pushing my 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 rage toward like a, about politics. Um, 
the, I, I found that I found it kind of like, like a, you know, cathartic to see, um, like not only like, like a, um, the, like, like a conservative angle criticized, but also the, the liberal angle. Um, Was there though? Yeah. I mean, what, what aspect of, do you think that the liberals were attacked? I mean, I guess only like the whole, like cell phones like thing but that's kind of just a, a general population thing i don't remember really any like like actual legitimate like slams on liberals at all i just kind of felt like the whole idea of the, the rich liberal the filmmakers of the film like wagging their like their finger at like the hick republican you know what i mean right when both sides oh, that's not how terrible. i read it at all uh i mean i thought the movie had su- a sledgehammer I, levels of subtlety you know I mean, I mean like yeah it's not subtle at all but like uh um i mean you you can you can sort of like it's called like the first of all it's like the the morning show is called the rip which like mirrored on like the like the x axis yeah is is uh, like is lib like un, mm-hmm. like upside down um mm. like the um like uh it's it's sort of like we're you know we're kind of just like you know playing playing this game to our doom like re-election is more important than like you know actually saving the world um like yeah okay it's not subtle like whatever but um the and and also like the uh um the the president was a was a liberal like uh you know she like like she was this this sort of like uh person focused on aesthetics and and someone who who uh who only really cares about like you know like monetary value which which is like a you know it's like it's like that thing where it's like you have um you know the republicans are are bombing you know are bombing Iraq and then the uh, the like the liberals when they're president they they like they bomb Iraq but with like a pride flag on like you know painted on the on the side of the sure, on sure, the side yeah. of the plane so it's like it's it's like is that a, true what was that true or is that just like, a, like an analogy you made up well I mean it's like a meme but like it, it's true oh, it's true it's true in the sense that like they they like you know they 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 fund they fund the police but they're like black lives matter you know it's like this kind yeah, of thing yeah. this kind yeah, of like duality. I just thought I I couldn't stand I I understand what you're saying and I thought there were some elements of the film that were really enter- like the first 40 minutes of the movie I had a lot of fun with I thought DiCaprio was pretty good throughout. I thought Chalamet did a good job. Jonah Hill to me was insufferable. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't stand his character. But I really enjoyed, like, the end-end. Like, right when the meteor... Fuck off whoever hasn't seen the movie. According to Netflix, which streaming barometers of viewing is completely, like, this, like doesn't nonsensical. But, like, according <laughs> to Netflix, it's the second highest-watched movie since Red Notice. Uh, uh, so you got all you motherfuckers have seen it. <laughs> Red so Notice. The, the fucking oh comment... <laughs> The fucking comet hits the earth at the end. Spoiler, they all die. And that moment I thought was genuinely beautiful because Nicholas Patel's music was great and I actually really liked the whole... Yeah, but then you, know, you have like, that like weird of, edit to like... Yeah, when they like, fucking... Birds, and it's like... Uh, well, no, no. Okay, so so my I think my review kind of of the movies kind of sums it up where um, I, I said, like on Letterboxd, I said, uh, um, I am a Southland Tales enjoyer. <laughs> like, like it, it, it has the same sort of level of like comedy as Southland Tells, even though I think Southland Tells is a far better film. Yeah, but I like um, how much it's like, it's like, Tales is coming up this episode. This is the Southland Tales episode yeah. featuring Leo. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I am, I'm, a, I am a staunch advocate for Southland Tales. It is, it is a masterpiece, and no one, no one will convince me otherwise. Uh, uh, so um, it's it's just this like kind of like dumb humor and uh, like I, I I'm not saying it's like smart but I I was thoroughly entertained by every every sort of kind of kind of like 
aspect that's comparable to like our political reality and you know uh i i understand like it's 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 the criticisms and i get it but it's like i, I don't know i i just had fun with it i didn't really that's think about fair it too much. that's fair i liked how it was shot i thought lana sangry did a good job it was shot in 35 and i also really um hated the editing which i thought i have a question with you i want to gauge yeah, i want to i want to gauge what kind of view you are did you like vice no <laughs> okay wow Okay. I thought it was awful. <laughs> yeah, me, I me too. I didn't like Vice either. I liked, uh, funny enough, I'm like the only person, I actually kind of thought that the, uh, you know, the movie, the test audience kind of scenes in Vice, you know, where it's like, the, it shows that the, the test audience of the actual movie Vice in the movie. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you remember that? I, remember I actually that, liked yeah. that. People I, were, I, I saw people in Again, uh, was, like, you know, I, I think, I think, uh, you know, the best place to enjoy, um, don't look up. And, uh, uh, and Vice is a plane, you know? Did you watch Don't Look Up on a Plane? No, I watched Vice on a plane. Yeah, I mean, Adam, to be honest, man, I actually thought Adam McKay was Adam like, McKay I, I like, I love movies. No, Step, Step Brothers <laughs> and Anchorman are like, actually like really uh, solid. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Um, Anchorman's great. I love it. Uh, yeah, other, no, I love Step Brothers too. The other guys, the other like, they're guys all solid funny. and really, really funny. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and, other guys and honestly, I, like I, I could stomach the bit. I, 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 yeah, I think it's fun too. I like the big short too. I thought the big short was like as Same much as I would here. take of like, you know, like Adam McKay being like, you know, like uh, trying to be like Aaron Sorkin or whatever the fuck he's trying to be, you know, Paddy Chayefsky. Uh, but um, but uh, Don't Look Up was really just like, also super disappointing too, like, because that cast was so good. Also, uh, too but long. it was definitely interesting. If you're making a comedy, it is, too it fucking is, it is very long. 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I just turned off my brain. You know, I, you know, I, I like. But that's the, the problem. The movie, the movie the, is trying to be look, so self-important that like it's it's sad that you had to turn off your brain for it. Yeah. I don't know. I I think I think it, it's it's kind of, I think it knows how dumb it is. I don't like. Really? Because yeah, if you watch all the interviews, Adam McKay's all of these really super serious interviews talking about how if you don't like support this movie, you don't believe in climate change, and like they're all like campaigning this movie as like. You know, at the same time, like talking to tell, talk to your representative and phone your governor, and he's like, you know, he's like, like this is the fight of our lives. People who have like given it negative. Yeah, reviews. and then the movie just a dumb like dick and fart jokes, kind of like fucking, yeah. you know, <laughs> boo doo doo, jazz music, jazz music, ed, 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 maybe, we're all gonna die. Maybe it's part of the joke. Maybe there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, it's just <laughs> the movie, the press, and the, everything. Well, the way they talk about I, the movie doesn't align. I don't know. Like, is it an important film? Mm, but like, no, it's, by no it's means a, necessary. Also, another thing. It's fun. I think I have never. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I have, I have never heard the filmmakers uh, compare their own movie to Doctor Strangelove like that many times. Like I heard no interviewer ever drop the word Doctor Strangelove. Yet every single fucking time Jonah Hill or like Adam McKay or like DiCaprio were getting nominated, it's sort of like this. Um, Doctor Strange Love meets Adam McKay hybrid, and it's really the political comedy of our time. You know, like. Yeah, and I was that, that. That's what I mean. Self importance. Um, re- I, I think they really yeah. thought they made a mess. Uh, I mean, I mean, you know, like we. I, I I think you you have to give me like five to ten years to like really get a good list of of like the best <laughs> movies of twenty twenty one. No, no, no. But, but, but like, you know. still, still catching oh, wait, again, up on the, like ninety nine. Yes. Look, yeah. look, look. It, it, you know, I I'm I'm kind of like buffing out like all the you know the the. The decades worth of films that I was not, you know, alive for to begin with, and so, yeah. um, you know, to to focus on twenty twenty one, like is is um, is like just a small piece of the puzzle. Yeah, no, no, and I also do want to, I do want to um, 
reaffirm to the audiences that Leo literally agreed to do this like a week ago. So like, it's not like, maybe if we hit him up like a month ago, he would like binge watch a bunch of movies from this year, but he had no time. So this is his list with a week to prepare. Uh, I just wanna, I wanna uh, give you some backup for the don't look up, hate you're gonna receive. Uh, prepare your DMs, Leo. Yeah, um, well, you know, I know who to pay <laughs> him. He's, I got, know who to he's, like. got, the, he's got the <laughs> argument to back up his claims. Look, no, yeah, yeah. look uh, if, if, you, if you feel so passionate that you wanna reach out to me about how I like, <laughs> no, don't look up, <laughs> I'm like, man, like what, you know, what the fuck is wrong with you? Adam McKay will reach out to you thanking you for... For, yeah, uh, he'll be like, yeah. Leo, you want to be my look, personal look, assistant? I, I have, I, I, I enjoyed the film. I, I, I think, I think he, he, uh, you know, he thinks it's more important than, than I. Sure, I think it sure. Is, but, but I think every director thinks their movie is more important. At least every like series director. Anyways, um, I'll do my number six. My number six is a new Mike Mills motion picture. Come on, come on, starring oh. Woody Norman. And uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a really sweet movie that I just saw about like a week and a half, two weeks ago. And it, it's Joaquin Phoenix uh, like you've never seen him before, not a crazy person. Uh, and so he basically plays like a radio journalist uh, who lives in New York City and like travels all around the, state, the states and interviews people and stuff like that. And uh, his sister uh, has to take care of her mentally ill husband and has to leave uh, her child, Joaquin Phoenix's nephew, in, in his care. And the, he brings him to New York and it's basically just kind of a buddy movie of their relationship. And it's a very, like, it's a very well-made feel-good movie, but it's also not feel-good. It's almost like feel-sad. Like, it's just, there's a lot of positives, positive <laughs> and ne- uh, affirmations about, about life and makes it kind of feel like really sad but really good about things and it, it kind of just leaves you with a very clear kind of mindset and uh, it has genuinely one of the greatest child performances I've ever seen in my life. It's this 10 year old kid named Woody Norman who's actually British that, but does I have, have impeccable fucking American accent. That kid does not exist in real life. He does not exist. There's no, no way that a 10 year old British kid can do an American accent, man. Unless he's like fucking like Vern Troyer and like he's like some sort of like fucking like mini me fucker like, no. you know, with kids clothes on. But um, but it was crazy. a really beautiful movie. My my one gripe, it used Claire Claire de Lune three times too many times. Uh, but uh, it's and it's also got a really beautiful digital black and white cinematography, uh, which is really great. Uh, it's just a very sweet and and good good movie, um, and uh, will make you cry, a little I, bit. Yeah. Or get misty eyed. I don't know, Leo. I can't imagine you crying in a movie, but like. Um, awesome. I do That's cry awesome. in movies. Thank you. What, I don't, what I don't was the last movie you uh, cried <laughs> in, Leo? Uh, I I know it. It's uh. Don't look up. <laughs> yeah, I, it was it was very sad. Uh, the I cried during Cry Macho. Uh, it was uh, the Wind Rises. I see. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it had a lot of significance. We can talk about the Wind Rises at a later time. Uh, like, but it had a lot of significance to me just because of uh, um, the connections to Thomas Mann, if you know who that is. But, um, anyway. I cried during Red Notice. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, just, I, I saw the gorgeous mise-en-scene of uh, uh, Rawson Thurber Marshall, <laughs> the great director of Skyscraper and... Uh, Look, Skyscraper is a low-key banger. I, I, I love Skyscraper. <laughs> Rampage. And I got a little teary-eyed it's, it's, uh, that we were it's, witnessing the... It's stepfather cinema, and it is a real genre. It is here. I, yeah, I just I saw the I saw the legends of the silver screen: Ryan Reynolds, Gal Gadot, and Dwayne the Rock Johnson assembling for our mere mortal eyes. And I just the slight just silver cheer trickled down my cheer. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, okay, I think it's back, back to come on, come on. 
Um, I, I I thought it was very sweet. Um, I I think like you saw it. Yeah, I did. I did. Um, oh, hot dog. Um, saw it at. Um, I think like two weeks ago at this point. Um, Me too. I like Mike Mills. Mm. Um, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. 20th Century Women. I thought this one mm-hmm. uh, had a, a, a different style. Uh, so it's, um, I, I don't know, it was, it was just interesting to to see him, to see him take on like a, a different form of filmmaking. I think at the end of the day, he's always like overly present in his movies. Um, what do you um, mean? Um... Like I just feel like, like no character is their own character. They're just like Mike Mills, like, uh, like, uh, just like. But I like that. For him I, to I, I really. Um, and, but I like no, that. No, I, 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 I think it worked. Really, I, I think yeah. it worked. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it bothers me, like, like with the fact that that kid just does not exist, and. Um, uh, <laughs> but I, but I thought the whole thing. <laughs> I think the whole thing was like. Um, was endearing and and emotionally affecting and um it's not my yeah, favorite you're a wimp at movies it's not my favorite of his movies but um i i don't know it, it definitely uh it made me contemplate um you know what it what it means to uh grow up and then really try and uh wrap myself around this uh little child's head and what nice. conclusion did you come to um about growing up, City contemplated it. You had two weeks. Um, what did you come up with, Nico? Yeah, well, um, I don't know. It just it made me think of my own upbringing, which I think is, is like a, no, yeah, a very yeah. important thing that that the that film would make you think about your own life experience. And yeah, I am entirely different from these yeah. kids, but uh, for no, me, it was this yeah, notion yeah. of I, like I, moving around and like how that 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 like sense yeah. of displacement um, builds character, but also like alienates you at the same time and and this kid is very much like i don't know he's only really interacting with adults he has no like uh, yeah. i thought it was very interesting it also reminded me um and i was talking to my friend ariel about this. it reminded me of alice in the cities um you've seen that oh that's oh, such a yeah, great yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't i don't I think it's film. nearly as good uh by any stretch of the imagination but there were that's there were similarities because yeah, there there is a genre of like uh you know the the older man and and the kid like roaming around the world so uh it fits in nicely into Levi that and Cleef. yeah Dave paper Amy. moon the come on come on alice in the cities just yeah. taxi driver taxi driver <laughs> yeah you've, you've got a good program Driving right around. there <laughs> Yeah. No, I just about earlier, but and that, I, um, that orangutan movie uh, with Clint Eastwood. Every every which way but yeah, loose. Get it right. That orangutan movie. Come on, Nico. That's a triumph of cinema. We no, gotta watch yeah, the second one. Yeah. Uh, every which what way but can't. It's a uh, Clint Eastwood's orangutan buddy cop movie. It's called Every Every Which Way But Loose, and it's just him and orangutan. <laughs> <It's insane. laughs> Basically, what happened is that. Clint Eastwood had like a really incredible deal with Warner Brothers that only became more and more fruitful uh, and positive for him as it went on. Mm-hmm. But they basically just let him, an actor, direct a bunch of movies. And so they, like, every once in a while they say, do a Dirty Harry movie or fucking act with this orangutan. And it's like, all right, all right. And now let me make Pale Rider or give me $20 million to make Unforgiven. Like, okay, here you go, Clint. Now leave, a, leave us alone and do this orangutan sequel. You know, so that's kind of how it worked. Mm. Um, <laughs> 
uh, that was a big <laughs> market for monkey movies. Also, uh, the funny Nico was alive in the 70s. The fact that the movie has like a theme song and the sequel has its own theme song, even better. Was, yeah, this, a, you was know, this in the 80s? No, 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 yeah, no it was, it was in the like late 70s. 70s. The sequel was in the 80s. Yeah. You know, do you know the Clint Eastwood movie Thunderbolt and Lightfoot with, by Michael Cimino? I used to always get mixed up with Every Which Way But Loose and Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. So whenever I would refer to Michael Cimino, uh, as the director of Heaven's Gay and Deer Hunter, and then I would also say, and every which way but loose, not thinking it was Clint Eastwood's orangutan uh, movie, so I must have confused mm. many, many a people. All right, now it's Nicholas's first time, first, first, uh, what are we, his, uh, uh, number, number six, number six, uh, number six The number Tragedy six. of Macbeth by uh, Joel Cohen. Oh, Toshiro Mifune. Yeah, oh, okay. just, just one of the McCohens got rid of the other one. Um, I thought it was incredible. Um, just, Good riddance. Um, yeah, no, nobody, nobody's doing uh, this form of. <laughs> nobody misses. Yeah, nobody misses Ethan Cohen's dry wit. Yeah. Fuck that. Give me dark Joel Cohen. Yeah, well, no, nobody's doing this type of expressionistic, expressionistic filmmaking. Um, I saw the set design, the, the framing, uh, the acting, uh, particularly. The woman who plays the witches. It, it, it's all like, it's all in service of this like bleak, uh, like fable, like nightmare fable like tone, and it, I think it works really, really well. Uh, Denzel's incredible in it. Um, so is uh, Frances McDormand. Um, I yeah. I don't, well, I don't, Nico, I don't, have you seen it? No, but would you describe the movie as a uh, charmless, uh, inhospitable, or dreary? Yeah, I'll, it's pretty I'll inhospitable, three. but in a yeah. good way. <laughs> That's the definition of the word bleak, Nico. I, was I, just I said that bleak. You really meant that. I was just double checking. That's what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, yeah, no. I really dug. I, I thought you were going to say that. I'm going to say that's those were adjectives but I, I, to describe I think, the dark I think bleak night. Has a, has a different like connotation than those. Than no, those no, I was just fucking with Nico. No, but um, I I want to see that the Angelica because it looks like a German expressionist uh, movie. All like the the uh, Bruno Double is a hit or miss for me in terms of the cinematographer. I don't like his whole desaturated like fuzzy mm. kind of look he does, but occasionally it really works for me. Like you know, Inside Llewyn Davis has its moments in terms of visuals. The movie's yeah. incredible, and uh, his work on the Half Blood Prince is really great. But like Amali and all that shit, I could, I, could, I can do without. <laughs> but here it's fucking it's it's it, it, what I've seen looks incredible, and I also I watched a clip of Denzel doing his whole like speech, not not the, the famous one. Right? He's like walking down the stairs with a sword, and it was incredible. Yeah, Amelie is the movie uh, for like like it's French film for people who don't like French film. Yeah, Amelie the movie itself doesn't really do anything for me, and then the cinematography doesn't either. So, you know, but Bruno's Bruno did his best work on this one, but. There's one better film that's later on my list that, that looks even better. But, Nico, you have anything same, else you want to say about DP, uh, Tragedy or, of Beth? I guess we'll, no, we'll, yeah, we'll get to that movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, no. Uh, does, does anyone else, I guess you haven't seen it, Matt. Well, Leo, you, know, you saw it what too, What were your right? thoughts? Well, it's on my list, so... Well, how does it, pa- okay, how does it well, compare well, to the other... How does it compare to the other Macbeth uh, adaptation? Oh, Throne of Blood? I, I mean, like, Throne of Blood? Oh, God. Uh, it's... I would say it's like significantly different because like uh, the, um, I guess well, I wouldn't have much. Well, changes stuff too. Yeah. I, I guess I wouldn't have much to say, but um, the the Throne of Blood is uh, amazing, amazing, amazing adaptation of Macbeth. Yeah. Um, 
much more like consumable or like easier to watch than than this one just because like it, it's, it, it's translated from japanese so like it's mm. you're not getting the uh, original sort of english where you can kind of get lost um, yeah but um i don't know this one doesn't show what the other one does so it's like if you want the maximalist version if you want to see the inner workings of like what's happening like that that the that what's just that that they're describing in the um in the uh, Cohen one, then there's, uh, you know, there's this like sort of maximalist minimalist duality, but but like uh, you know the again with the fog and everything else, like it pulls like so much inspiration with, with the with the set design from the uh, Throne of Blood. Um, this is so, so I, I I found myself like constantly comparing it uh, to to Throne of Blood, which was like the oh last you did watch Tragedy Macbeth. Yeah, it's on my list. Yeah, yeah, he said it. Oh, yeah, he said oh, we're gonna well, get well, to sorry. it. Sorry, I mistook. Leo, when you said it's on my list, I thought you meant like on my watch list. No, no. no. Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> oh, look at me. I'm All right. Down. Well, well let's let's see. Right. What, so, what else? Yeah, is I, I guess I won't have much to say on the, <laughs> on the uh, about the movie. Well, yeah. but, but, like, it, it, I can I can talk about them. Is it your number five? No. Okay, well let's 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 hold off on it then. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, um, and then and you, <laughs> it feels so silly now. Uh, you want <laughs> to just continue talking about it, and then we can just say you're no. Doing no let, let's go to five. We'll we'll come back to. We'll go to five, and then I can actually talk yeah. about the the, the yeah. movie itself. Yeah, well, we're we're it formal to, here. I, right? I just we compared stick to it to a rigid the, structure. Yeah. Um, all right, Leo, hit hit, hit it. Go With ahead. number five, uh, what's that story? Me too. Yeah, I still haven't seen it. Yo. Damn. So I'm, 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 I'm out of this hey, conversation. Yeah. Nico, you're a Philistine. <laughs> where is oh, it? I don't know like, where it's playing. It was playing in cinemas, and it's playing when? at Regal, AMC, Look, and the Villages well, right now, currently. Oh, it's playing in my memory. Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a fucking incredible movie, and it's uh, ten times better than the original. You know, I haven't seen the original actually, uh, but uh, damn, you haven't seen Brownface in the '60s, Leo. Come on, you're missing out I've on seen so a lot much. Of Brownface in the '60s. <laughs> 60s. Let's be honest here. You go through any James Bond movie, there's a lot yeah. of it. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's great. I I I was not expecting to like it as much as I do. Like, I have a very high bar for musicals, like mostly mm-hmm. because I find a lot of them insufferable. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Um, you know, there was like very dynamic choreography. I, I'm like, you know, we, we started talking about like tick, tick, boom, you know, like that was, uh, but, um, you know, it has, it has very good choreograph- choreography and what, how the camera interacts with the dance, uh, is yeah. amazing. Like it's, it's, it's like truly like, uh, you remember how movies are supposed to look like I saw in the Heights and like I that movie. It. Uh, it it just it fucking pales in comparison. It's like a fucking car commercial versus like the the maestro himself, Spielberg, like moving the camera. It's yeah, like, it's it's like he has a god given ability to to uh, to move a camera. It, yeah, it, I, I it, mean, it just, it, you know, it like you know it it had like you know it you know the story and and you know what to expect, even though it changes the ending a little bit. But um, yeah. the like 
I don't know. I just found it like very engaging and like super yeah. like the the cinema, also, like yeah. um, I I think that has a lot to do uh, like the, the like the singing is great, the performances are great, but the uh, the cinematography is what like really carries that movie. Oh, over, absolutely. Over and the I, edge. I think it deserves to win, and I, I'm sad, I'm afraid that Dune is going to win because it's been sweeping Greg Frazier. But like I I my my roommate Clint has some friends who were on the set actually of West Side mm-hmm. Story, uh, and the the lighting setup. Yeah, me too. Using, I, I have some some friends. That yeah, was so, yeah. fucking insane. Yeah. The light lighting setups they were like gigantic like blasting lights and it's just so surrealist and romantic and beautiful and like other than like robert richardson i can't really think of like, other dps who are like just going that fucking hard out on like a, on a major hollywood movie with like just like like, like making movies look like movies you know who, for me it's like janusz kaminski it's still yeah, yeah, yeah. the same director of photography since schindler's list um, um, so, every single one of his movies, he, including Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Um, but um, let's not talk about that. Yeah, but Janusz Kaminski shot that, which is absolutely <laughs> fucking hilarious because it looks like dog shit. Um, but anyways, for me, I was not excited about this movie to be honest because it, it was what's that story? Spielberg hasn't really made any movies that I've been like you know head over heels for in a while. Uh, but listen, I'm a man of simple tastes and simple pleasures. I see Ansel Elgort, who I believe to be the most captivating uh, and you know intense actor of his generation. Do you? And I buy a ticket. <laughs> I'm he's, joking. Uh... He's, he's probably the weakest part of the movie. <laughs> he's fine. I mean, allegations aside, you know, which which is valid for people not want to not want to see the movie because of that. But but his acting is just is is fine. He's not bad or good. You know, I, I think he's co- completely capable. Um, but I was just making a joke. He's he, he's a, he's a pretty like forgettable actor in most of his movies. Um, but uh, also, Rachel Zegler was really great. Um, uh, she's a, she's like a, it was her first role as Maria. Um, uh, what do you, what do you think about her, uh, Leo? Uh, no, she's great. I mean, yeah, uh, I, I thought like, too. She, she has these like she has this like you know uh, like face that that like kind of just like catches the light in a certain way. So. Yeah, she she um, looks like a, a, like a movie actress. She yeah, looks like she belongs in the silver screen. And and I also really loved uh, Mike Feist, who was the head of the sh- of the Jets. And then the other uh, Bernardo's actor, they, those guys were, I think, were the the, the standouts, as well, as well as Ariana DeBose, who played uh, whoever the fuck Bernardo was dating, uh, the girl who sings America. Uh, yeah, it, it was a really good time, and it went by really fast. But my my actual favorite shot of the year is in liquor, is not liquor pizza. I was looking at my list. Is in West Side Story. It's when uh, Tony, played by uh, Mr. Elgort, walks. Uh, He's trying to find Maria after the dance, and he's singing Maria, Maria, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. right? And you can tell he's the only non-classically trained singer. Uh, and he's walking in a puddle, and it's shot anamorphic, and there's these yeah, lights yeah, pounding yeah. down it's, on him. It's a, and it's like the blue flares, and the, the light is shimmering because it's the blooming of the film, and it's just absolutely fucking gorgeous. And it just makes me think, when I watched In the Heights, that shit looked like a fucking Lincoln commercial. You know what I mean, right? Like, what the fuck? Why is it all colorful? Washington Heights, you know? And it looks like fucking dry concrete. You know, why? So I just really appreciated West Side Story traditionalism. Did you see TikTok Boom? I, I started it and I couldn't finish it because it's fucking insufferable. <laughs> you know, and I like, I think Andrew Garfield is a great guy and a really f- good actor. And I love silence and, you know, um, uh, a social network. And I think he's a fine Spider-Man, you know what I mean? Um, Oh, I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Spider. I, I'd like to. Uh, we'll just on us and off note. Did you guys pause. see the new Spider-Man movie? Yeah, I yeah. Did. It's not. In my, it's not on my list. Did, did, did you guys all watch it, Leo? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Would you, would, I just feel like as the, as the highest grossing movie of the year, we should at least mention it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you What do you think? Uh, I'm, I had uh, a good time. Uh, it, Me too. It wasn't same here. Like uh, also like not emotionally like. 
you know, cat like did not captivate me at all. Like it, it's basically like like uh like this the nostalgia factory that you kind of yeah. have. Um, I I don't know. I thought it. Was, I thought it was very lazily made. Uh, but I liked it. Yeah, it was kind of like, it. But like the, the my problem with it is like there's something fundamentally wrong about seeing um, Doc Ock fight the Green Goblin. Like something in my mind was like this is kind of messed up. I don't know what it was. Oh yeah, and, all, and also the morals were so stupid. Like, like, like they, they were constantly hammering this thing about responsibility, where it's like mm. the most responsible thing to do is to send them fucking back. You know, Aunt May wouldn't die. You know, and, and yeah, like, you know, yeah, yeah. You, you could like see it, like you could see it coming a mile away. Of course, a movie has to you know have these kind of twists and turns, but like, like yeah, but if, was, if you're it's, hinging, it's, if you're hinging the plot under such a stupid construction of, like, moral values, then, like, come on. Like, you're, yeah. you're, you're like, also, why is this happening? And also, I just thought the movie looked, like, visually gross. And it was very sad to see that, like, they sh- it's so clearly shot in Atlanta, like, on a soundstage. Like, it, it just, like... I, I, I watched Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2 the night before I went to go see Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm-hmm. And it was shot in New York and there's a lot of like really good like, you know, locations and the, they try not to use too many green screens and it's just like, it, the action feels grounded. And the, the fight scene on the bridge with Dr. Octopus when he first arrives, yeah. like it was, I was, it was boring. It was like actually bad. Like when he fought the nanotech and he's like, you know, make, they make a joke about him controlling his, I was like, what the fuck is this? What the yeah. fuck is this? The first hour of Spider-Man No Way Home is actually bad, in my opinion. I did not like it. I don't, like, they bring, you could tell that they were just trying to rush this movie into COVID because they had all these deadlines for these movies because they're made like, by fucking assembly. Oh, um, we're in COVID, but we can't go out on these huge locations. Where do we bring all these fucking villains? Happy Hogan's fucking apartment. What? You know? And and then also like everyone is fucking freaking out when Alfred Molina and Tobey Maguire reunite. You know the, the and believe me, I'm a big original Spider-Man trilogy fan. That's part of like my like cinema education as a kid. You know what mm-hmm. I mean, right? But it's like do you remember? Do you remember the Lunchables? But, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah, right. But but the thing is, all I can focus about, and maybe this is just like you know it ruining the experience for me, is that those two motherfuckers are on, in the same fucking frame together. You know why? Because he shot four months ago and the other motherfucker came in six months later. You know what yeah, I mean? Because of... Yeah, Tobey Maguire. Because they're just fucking pasting that shit together. It's cold. It's hollow. There's no love well, the, in it. The you whole, know? Like the whole movie the is just like, oh, like, all these guys, like, contracts are about to end. Like, we gotta get them all in a movie. And, you know, at least at least they had fun with oh, it. Oh, they they had no contracts. No, no, they 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 had to reach out and ask everybody. I admire that about it. But yeah, it's like, I, I, and I, I think it's fine. It's like it's not. I it's did not really, really like. A, I, it's yeah, not really Tom a movie Hull- to to like you know go delve no, too deeply no. in. It's like literally just yeah. a roller coaster. And, and I I, I, I had I had a good time. Basis. I had a good time. Yeah. Uh, and, and and the last thing I'll say is that I'm really sick of Tom Holland's whole like British. Marty McFly thing, like, oh my god, oh my god, this, that, he's so fucking hyper, and I want to fucking curb stomp him, you know what I mean, right? Like, he's just the watch fucking. I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm not, sick. Of, don't go to film Charted. <laughs> I am not gonna, and I want to say something to all our viewers, our millions of people listening right now. Uh, I say that I do not stand by Tom Holland. I don't like him, and I publicly disavow Uncharted, all right? All right. Where, where were we? Uh, five. Um, I guess you guys have yeah, the same five. So yeah. I'm going to go with mine. 
very different movie. Uh, Fire Dai by uh, Jessica Bashir. Uh, I've been meaning to see that. It's, so uh, yeah, it's it's, it's on Criterion, but like, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it is uh, another Jana Films one. Uh, Fire Dai. Um, is it Iranian or no? It's no. um it's Ethiopian. Um, it's a documentary about uh cot farmers uh cot the drug uh or chewable edible like uh addictive plant um uh but um it's not it's not staged like a documentary i i don't know i think there's this whole thing about like people trying to escape the the documentary form and then like coding the documentary as something different and then you have another structure to deal with but um the case here is that it was just beautifully done, and um, I don't know the the poetry of, of Bashir's images really becomes uh, a resonant truth to um, what is going on with these cat farmers in Ethiopia, and it's also something that like nobody is covering, and I think I think a documentary delving itself in new grounds um, is um, is something that you know, should, should catch the viewer and is, um, interesting. You know, there's a reason, like, Herzog goes to, like, the end of the world, because nobody's done that, uh, and I think Bashir didn't necessarily have to do that, but she found something that no one is covering, um, and captured it beautifully. Uh, the, my number four is a card counter. Oh, Paul oh, oh, wait, sorry, no, the tragedy of Macbeth, wait, which one were we on? Uh, either way. Oh, we, we were, oh, we, I didn't we're talk about four. the tragedy of Macbeth. Sorry, I spoiled it. But uh, the tragedy of Macbeth Rookie. is my number... Wait, no, my number four is the card counter. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, it's a new Paul Schrader picture. Yeah. Though it's fantastic. I, 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 I still it. haven't really? seen it, but something I just, I love is uh, Paul Schrader being asked to name his top 10 favorite movies of the year and calling the, <laughs> calling the, cur- the card counter the best movie of the year. I thought that was fantastic. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I've been meaning to watch it. Um, it's, it's one of those like very culturally like specific films because um, you, you, have to, you have to understand like this very specific window of time that uh where the like and and i like these kind of films where it's like you have to understand the historical context of it Mm -hmm. like people would say that it you know because the story is not universal it doesn't make for good for good cinema but i disagree um so like you know it it, it's sort of the aftermath of the bush era the aftermath of abu Ghraib, um and abu Ghraib is like a huge point in in this in this story and and sort of like the uh the the sort of the generational trauma of like this you know these soldiers having to you know having to you know commit war crimes um or were like order they did commit war crimes or whatever whatever the situation was and um and sort of like the you know how how they react to it the the how how the the, the guy's kid reacts to it and sort of this like very um it, it like to use the word like bleak it's very bleak it's very like um i don't know sanitized and it has this like, and and it's it's also very just like strange. Like you kind of just watch the, uh, you know, as time goes by, and mm-hmm. and you're like something just terrible is gonna happen. And like it it don't like for the most part in the movie it doesn't. But then like you know there's the ending. But like, uh, it's it's very tense and you don't know why. 
and you want and you generally want the the characters to like you know come out on top but like it's it's truly um a tragic and and uh and i i think it's i think it's very like powerful um also amazing use of a 360 camera like it has this like great great sequences on like you know recreating those photos of of uh from abu Ghraib uh with a 360 like camera it's it's pretty cool yeah, and, well, and, I and just check like it awful out. to experience, but like yeah, uh, yeah, I'm de- it's definitely on my list. Sorry uh, for like spoiling list. spoiling the fucking no, movie, but it's like really good. <laughs> no, no worries. So, I, it's, all, it's all we do here. Uh, so I think I think two years at this point, I was uh, I was in a film criticism class, and uh, Paul Schrader came in for the last class of the semester. And he said, uh, I'm working on a good movie, uh, The Card Counter. But since that, I, I've been excited. Uh, he also said other things I, I have not been announced. I doubt he's working on them. Uh, but mm-hmm. um, I, don't, I, I remember when the trailer came out and I was like, this looks so crazy. Um, I'm, I'm happy that Paul Schrader can just like do whatever he wants now. Um, I'm happy yeah. following him on Facebook and just like him rambling. <laughs> it's it's yeah, I I love the it's man. Amazing. Yeah, uh, Paul Schrader's <laughs> Facebook is my favorite thing. Uh, yeah, also, you see that picture of him mimicking Dave, uh, making mimicking uh, John Ford like on his new set. He had like an eye patch on, and like it was like, that famous picture of Peter Bogdanovich's uh, interview with John Ford. Like he made himself look like that. It's it is a funny picture. It's hard to explain. But anyway, yeah. 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 Also, love love movies about poker. Oh yeah, Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, Ocean's Eleven is fun. That's a it's a masterpiece. I love Ocean's Eleven. Steven Soderbergh is the best. Uh, he has a new movie coming out. Uh, but that's probably better. Uh, was it? Kimi, yeah, yeah. But also Casino Royale. Sean that's and an iPhone. That's a Poker movie, right? Was it really? No. I, I think no, I don't think, I so. think he's done with that. I mean, it might as well be yeah. Ari Alexa iPhone. It's the same fucking thing. Anyways, my number four. Joachim Trier's newest opus, The Worst Person in the World, maybe the film I had the most fun with. Uh, I saw this at a packed theater at the Angelica last week. I'm going to go uh, see it from all- on Thursday for- at the Angelica. Nico, why are you always interrupting me? Do I, I interrupt did, you like I'm this? just telling you. Yeah, you do. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> it was, a, it, it was a, a fucking really, like profound and beautiful and intense movie but at the same time being like kind of like a very like you know whimsical kind of romeresque uh, novelistic like episodic kind of thing you know what i mean where we're just kind of like passing through this woman's life as you know she's figuring shit out and like it has one of the coldest like i can only compare it even though it's not comparable at all to goodfellas Hoy, bear with me you know how goodfellas is all like yeah, the Ronettes, and then we're all these tough guys, you know, hanging around, yeah. and, you know, hey, Tommy. Mm-hmm. And then, like, midway through, it's like, Coke, Pesci dies. Uh, fucking Harry Nilsson and George Harrison, the Rolling Stones, shit is fucked. And you're like, whoa, 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 where the, f- how the, f- how the fuck did we get here? It's like that, but it's like, oh, it's, you know, this woman's life, like, Francis High, Norway, and, like, it's like, you know... Yay, and uh, isn't it fucking weird to be young and in love with a 40-year-old man and then, like, fucking cancer. Not her, but that guy. And it's, like, uh, 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 crying and that I make the right choice. And it's, like, it's... um, I don't know, man. It had a very profound effect on me. And there's this one scene in a hospital with... Joachim Trier had made two other films with this guy, Anders Nielsen, I think his name is. 
he's a Norwegian actor. He was in Reprise and uh, second Oslo films. It's kind of like a, a spiritual trilogy. And uh, he plays the, her first boyfriend in this film, who's like an artist of like a very crude uh, cartoon graphic novel. And he ends up, uh, he ends up in the hospital uh, for reasons I will not say. And there's this like long conversation they have. Uh, and um, and it, it would, it's maybe my favorite scene of the year, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I I don't want to say more because I just don't want to because it's it's like there's these moments that are that need that need to be experienced like a scene where they all take mushrooms you know it's just a very free flowing film and it's sort of like have you guys seen reprise no it's it's it, it, he takes a lot of like liberties to do different things like stylistically editorially you know that I just really admire and he's very free form it's like it's, it's almost kind of extreme of consciousness it's mm. a really great movie and I recommend that you try and see it in a theater if you can um, have yeah, you, have really you seen movie. it Leo? the worst person in the world? yeah uh no um I haven't seen it either I will, I, I'm, I'm about to I'm very excited uh, especially because I, I just edited an interview with him. Um, hey, Joachim Trier? Yeah. Um, Son of a bitch. And he, se- he seemed, um, I don't know, he seemed brilliant. Uh, and um, he was talking about, um, he was talking about how, how a lot of directors don't have courage these days. And um, to really, to really, uh, you know, uh, sit with these actors in a, in a free-flowing way um, and kind of just letting them go um, and I don't know I think from what you've said that kind of goes with the spirit of the film and that moment in the hospital you, you've just spoken of so I'm, I'm very yeah, excited really I've never seen any of his movies one of my good friends loves Thelma um, and he was also saying that with each movie he does with his uh, uh, was his uh, collaborator, this writer who he's worked on every single one of his films with, that he always t- tries to tackle a new genre, um, to to try and see like you know what he can pull out of it, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know he just he seems like a very smart guy on paper, so I'm, I'm excited to see what mm-hmm. his uh, film also, has to say. Along with Alana Haim, my favorite performance of the year is from this, the actress Renee uh, Rensev, I think is how you mm-hmm. pronounce her yeah. name. I'm probably butchering it. Absolutely ter- like, incredible. It's great. And it has very strong elements of Romero's film, uh, The Green Ray. I don't know if either of you have seen that. But yeah. uh, it's down to like, exact shots, except that in that movie, Marie Riviere's character is completely insufferable and is always complaining. And in this film... You know, it's a much more compelling and, and, and I, I think likable character, though I guess that's up to the audience. It's, um, it, but it's very much Romarian in some aspects, but it's also not. There's not like these long dialogue scenes in pretty people in picturesque locations. It's not I like th- that. I think the more title like, is like, great. Uh, um, and yeah. Oh, it, it, the title is, is, is incredible. And that may, the title alone put it on my radar. Yeah, yeah. And um, he, was, he, was desc- he was describing why he was um, named this about... Uh, this being a Norwegian saying about um, how there's this like incredible degree of guilt among the Norwegian people for being, um, you know, ultra privileged with uh, oil money and white, and you know they have this great system. But um, so like any any moment you fail, you become the worst person in the world. Um, and and um, I, I mean here he's tackling this uh, this person that you know kind of doesn't know where. The, where they're going, uh, coming of age type thing, uh, 
um, and, and creating a story about embracing failure, but also like highlighting the reality of said failures, how, how stark they can be. So, um, I don't know. Just, yeah, I think that honestly, worst person in the world and come on, come on, kind of both come to the same conclusion, funny enough, which is like, and this is not spoiling either film, but really the message being that you have a lot of ideas of what your life is going to be and what it's supposed to be and what you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. And like, that's just not going to, that, that, that never happens, you know? Yeah. And, and not like in a negative way. Like, I don't even mean in a superficial, like, what job you want or like what f- movie, if you're, fi- well, just for our sake, like what movie you want to make or something like that. Just in terms of like the person you want to be or the spiritual place that you want to be. Like, the more mm-hmm. like kind of like existential uh, uh, ideas, which I, 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 I found that kind of funny. And I think that's the reason that I really, I really liked, I really liked the themes and, and, and when there's no real clear answer by the end of the film. But that's kind of like what I like in terms of like, I don't like when there's some sort of grand idea or conclusion that we are supposed to draw or the character has come up with by the end of the film. I kind of like when things are left like, because that doesn't happen in four years or yeah. in 10 years. You know mm-hmm. what I mean, right? Some people go in like 80 years without ever like really drawing these huge conclusions. You know what I mean? So it's like, and if there are conclusions, it's in, it's in the poetry between the lines. It's, you know, it's the subtlety. You know what I mean, right? It's like for us mm-hmm. to kind of find them. And that's, that's the whole thing about subtlety, you know, to loop it around to don't look up, which I always appreciate a movie that has like a, a good amount. And I didn't, I didn't mean it to be a, in a snarky, like, oh, you know, like I just, um, I always appreciate a movie with great subtlety. Anyways, um, that's enough about Worst Person in the World. Nico, what is your fourth pick? My fourth pick, About Endlessness by Roy Anderson. Uh, technically... Nico, you missed oh, it, by I the way. Oh, I started the Roy Anderson movie today. Oh. Which one? Um, Nico. Uh, I, the only something... The, right Nico, I said best films of 2021. Not most random films of 2021. Jeez. Yeah, well, okay. So this movie premiered Venice 2019 and won the Silver Lion, I think. Um, and then, it, you know, COVID happened, so it was just kind of like uh, put, put aside. But then finally it came out in 2021 and it's his last movie. He's retired from filmmaking. And the man's, the man's a, like hilarious. He's a genius when it comes to comedy. Um, you know, I don't know what they're doing in Norway, but the, the Finnish, you know, figured out comedy at, it, at its most crude and its most brutal, and Roy Anderson embodies all of that. Um, you know, it's only 80-something minutes, I think like 86, and every moment is a gem, and the way he sets up jokes, uh, kind of like long cons throughout the film, that kind of, um, they just keep you giggling along, because he... He's already, like, worked it out perfectly to where uh, he can just, like, drop in the, the missing component of any uh, narrative throughout the film. He's Swedish, and, not Finnish. Uh, sorry, Swedish. I was thinking of Kurosmaki because Zach's been talking about Kurosmaki a lot. Um, yeah. But... Um, I still need to... I, I, I've seen La Vie de la Boheme, or Vie de la Boheme, which is good. But um, I haven't seen anything else by him for... But, um, oh wait, no. Am I, am I thinking of? Yeah, yeah. That's not. That's not him. That is him. Is it? Uh, he's the, the guy that the Living trilogy, isn't it? Uh, no, no, not Roy Anderson. I'm talking about uh, Aki Kurosaki. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, sorry. No, no worries. All right, okay. yeah, all the Scandinavian guys. They're the same. Did you have anything else you want to say about Roy Anderson? 
Uh, no, he, he just knocks it out of the park again, and his great, his last movie is as great as all his other movies, and everybody should watch the Living Trilogy. Yeah. Um, that's, been that's it, yeah. Alrighty, alright, Leo, number three. Number three, oh, my window's got rearranged. Uh, oh, <laughs> Inside, the Bo Burnham special. Oh, what? Damn, explain, yeah, that's I, I not, that's, is it. that a movie? I think it's yeah. Let's I let's count it. Okay. Um, I don't know. It really. I I think it was a it was a piece of media that was released at the right place at the right time. Um, I don't know. Like uh, it, it's it's sappy, but like or it's like you know it's kind of it it is cliche, but like uh, I don't know. I was I was very much affected by it. Like the I think the the sort of emotional toll it um. It presented us with and uh like it was you know uh it, it was it was very like it was very relatable and especially for uh i i don't know how y'all spent quarantine but like uh i literally like and and i mean it in the the real sense i literally did not leave my apartment for four months and so like that uh you didn't step outside no uh and wait you didn't st- you didn't like go out and out like you didn't like like open a window and stick your head out or like like I mean, I opened a window, but I don't count that as going outside. But they do like open your front door and step outside. Well, I I was in I was in New York. Damn. Yeah. So like, I very much and and I was basically trapped with my movie. So like, uh, so like I, it was either like you know I played games with my friends, work like worked on the film, you know, and that was my day. And so, so like, uh, when I saw Bo Burnham's Inside, I was like, I understand this, like, like you know, it, it, it's, it's even more, like, you know, to the point that he was working on a creative project. And um, I, like, it just resonated with me so much. Like, uh, like my circumstances were basically the same. Except yeah. he was his own prisoner. And uh, I, um, I was actually just a, you know, trap, you know. So, yeah. um yeah. Wow, mm-hmm. I never really considered about quarantine outside because I was in the suburbs. I I went back home, um, but like how that would be in the city if you chose not to go outside. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I was also in New York, and I I yeah I did not leave where I was for for like a month, um, but it was it was nice. We had a, a like a good group of people, uh, and it never got overwhelming. Uh, but I still haven't seen inside, and I I like Bo Burnham. Um, He's alright. So uh, like, some of his stand-ups. Fun. I I just I just like completely missed it. Um, I don't know what it was. Yeah, I don't know how like effective it would be now, but I think at that time <laughs> of like of the release, it was just a a very visceral display of like everything I was feeling. So sure, yeah, that's nice. That's mm, good. Yeah. All right. Well, my personal pick. <laughs> Yeah, my number three is Sean Baker's Red Rocket. Um, is that on any of your list? Or? Mm-hmm. Is it? Yeah. Is it your number two, number one? 
Um, uh, let's not spoil it. Okay, cool. Um, I haven't seen it. So I think I'm supposed to see it on Friday. But I I'll, will, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll keep my, my, my I'm gonna speed this through. I thought it was I think it's my favorite Sean Baker film. I really admired just how unapologetic it was and it's in, in Simon Rex's video. Like first of all, what a performance for Simon Rex. I loved the juxtaposition of using anamorphic lenses on sixteen millimeter, which is like this kind of like wide scopish kind of like, you know, formal Hollywood kind of technique with the grungy sixteen, you know, Drew Daniels did a great job. Uh, uh, I love, you know, Sean Baker, you know, his, his use of like kind of unorthodox casting. Uh, I thought the story was absolutely hilarious and interesting and captivating, you know, uh, I, I've seen it twice now. It's just a really memorable, like 70s kind of like character study about this really fucked up guy who's like kind of likable, but also not. And, it's like, not 70s. It's, it's like, it's like 2016. No, no, no. I'm saying it feels like a '70s movie. Oh, okay. Like the '70s kind of, you know, those like really gr- like grimy '70s movies you would get about like this fucked up people, and like the movie never really bothered to like uh, to 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 apologize on their behalf. Like, and I don't think that like other than that ending shot, which I don't want to spoil for Nico, like you never really get, you don't really think that Simon Rex's character, uh, 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 Mikey Saber, really ever thinks about like the ramifications of what he's doing or like if he's a piece of shit, which he is. You know, I, it was a movie that I just really, really loved, and mm-hmm. it's very watchable. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, uh, Nico, you're number three. My number three, Shiva Baby. Hey. I, NYU. I thought it, <laughs> I, it was funny. Uh, I, you know, I was, I was at the theater uh, with my sister. Uh, the, the jokes landed. The acting's terrific. Uh, very, like, anxiety-inducing in the same way... Um, like um uncut gems kinda is um and yeah no i thought you know for a for a directorial debut it was uh it was fantastic mm-hmm. uh i had a lot of fun with it um i haven't rewatched it but uh it, it left an impact um and i i want to see more from from the two of them rachel senate is is incredible mm-hmm. uh, and she did a q and a after the movie and I don't know, she's just like she's she's got this vivacity to her and this wit. Um yeah, I loved hmm. it. Cool. Yeah. Um no no, I, I, I really liked Shiva Baby. I thought it was a really, really impressive directorial debut. Um all right, uh Leah, what's your number two? I guess this will answer your question of where it lands. Licorice Pizza. Me too! Bro, what the fuck? Why do you have so many similar rankings? Okay, great. Are you copying me or something? Did we see this? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I just think you're really cool. Yeah, he checked your notes. Mm-hmm. I did, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Licorice Pizza. Let's, let's just let's combine the two right now since we're going back to back. It's mm-hmm. good. All right. So, what did you think about Licorice Pizza? I thought it was fantastic. I mean... Me too. Uh, the... Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I think it particularly affected me more than it would have because I, uh, I hang out a lot in the valley. So like I see like sort of the remnants of these um, of these like this kind of like bygone era. There's there's like a you know uh, there the valley has these like weird like kind of like sort of like monuments that that like kind of represent like what what the place and time that licorice pizza kind of um, you know takes takes place. place. 
there you know there's like a there's like a liquor store with a you know with a like it's called circus liquor it's like this giant like clown uh neon sign that that's like in the in the parking lot and like you have this like place called idle hour which is just like barrels like it's like a like a whole thing a whole building that's just a barrel and behind it is like a is like a dog like this, this like <laughs> giant plaster dog and, and and like the you know it's like you know there's a lot of these hidden gems and like it, it's like you know everyone everyone in that movie is like insane and like uh you know it, and and they're just trying they're try, just trying to like kind of kill time during the summer by like yeah you know, it's it's uh, really nice i i i i thought it was um you know it was a it was a great sort of uh representation of like kind of like a childhood i don't know i i i thought it, i thought that was it was nice and I, I, I really don't have that much to say about it other than it's like a feeling and like the feeling yeah, was good it really is you know? yeah it, it, the feeling is good and, and, and it reminds me too it's funny you say that because my favorite scene in the movie has the line about feeling which is when she's es- when Elana Haim's character is escorting Benny Safdie Joel Wax's boyfriend uh, home and uh, when you know she, he hugs her and everything he's like you have a boyfriend kind of is he a shit yeah you know they're all shits and, she, and, she, and he hugs her and he goes you have a very good feeling you know what I mean, right? And that's kind of like how I feel about the movie. I just want to give it a warm hug and, you know. Yeah, it, it, it also yeah. came after, after a time of just like really just mediocre cinema, cinema like, like, or like uh, releases, you know. Especially from, from mainstream Hollywood movies, you yeah, know what I mean, right? It's, there uh, was, it was this huge like release. Like, uh, I, I mean, I, I saw it in, uh, in the, you know, that theater. The, oh, the, the Regency Westwood Theater? Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I saw it at the, the Village East in 70 mil. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it, it was an event, you know. It was like, oh, wow, this is mm-hmm. a movie. Not that sound like, you know, an old elitist guy or anything, but like, this is a movie, you know. It's well made. It's like, you know, it's, 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 it's shot the old-fashioned way. You know, I love the shots. I was reading an interview with, uh, uh, with the, the co-cinematographer, uh, Michael Bauman, who's also the gaffer uh, for, for Kodak. And he was talking mm-hmm. about the walk-and-talk scenes when they're walking back after the first day and how they took mm-hmm. inspiration from uh, Woody Allen's Manhattan when they're kind of like the Gordon Willis kind of style of like letting them pass through darkness and everything. I just really mm-hmm. liked – I think PTA is, is just knows how to like do very subtle camera movements and lighting. He's just a very visual master. Also, funny thing too uh, to end, end it off too uh, is um, I saw this four times in 70 mil and then I saw it once on DCP with a friend back home. It's so different. It was so incredibly different. different. It honestly what? actually kind of worsened the experience for me. The, I, I, I watched it and then saw a trailer of it and I was like – it's so clearly made to be projected, projected on film. Yeah. The, the DI, whereas I didn't feel the same thing on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I feel like because that movie had like 40, 50 million more dollars, that the, the, I read about their intense daily process of like getting the actual DI on the dailies that like, mm-hmm. so that there was less discrepancy between uh, uh, the prints and the DCP. Right. Whereas Liquor's Pizza was completely different. You know what I mean, right? It was crazy. Um, which is a bummer, but because uh, that's the way most people yeah, yeah. experience it. But not to, and I don't mean to say that like I still love I, the movie. I, I, I mean like uh, once you take the projection out out of element out of the out of the equation, I think you you get like a much closer image to the uh, like film projection. So yeah, seeing that movie projected, especially on seventy, is very special. Like uh, I was really fortunate. I was fortunate to live so close to the yeah. OGs when it came out and see it as many yeah, times as yeah. I wanted to. Yeah, so like. Um, if you want to see like the the color, just watch it on on a TV. You know, like a, a much a more accurate color representation. 
Hopefully, yeah, I would hope so. I haven't seen. I know it's coming out on digital in, in early March, so we'll, we'll have to see. Anyways, Nico, what's your number two? My number two is All Light Everywhere by Theo Anthony, which you know kind of flip flop between my my first and second. A lot of documentaries on my list this year for some reason. Uh, a lot of formal ones. Um, it's uh, I watched it twice, which you know, Maz will know. I don't. I don't usually rewatch no. movies. Yeah, uh, I do not I I rewatched this one. Um, What's it called again? I all light everywhere. Um, first I saw it as part of New Directors New Films, and I caught it again when it was coming out at the IFC. Um, I hadn't seen a film by him. He also made rat rat film about which starts off as an investigation into the rat population in Baltimore, and then like becomes about uh, redlining. Um, mm-hmm. And he takes a similar approach here where, you know, he starts investigating um, the, the developments into the technology of cameras and then uses that as a way to um, kind of analyze uh, body camera politics among, you know, the U.S.'s police force and then surveillance uh, across the U.S., specifically in Baltimore, which, where he's based, um, and it makes for this like incredible, just like uh, I don't, it's this it's this collage of ideas. You know, it's somebody who's very like deeply nested in research, and he's pulling threads together. Um, and it I it really you get the feeling that it's his mind on on film. You know, kind of going all in all of these different directions, but always always like roping back in uh to to a central argument to a central theme um and yeah just the ability his ability to disperse himself so much and then come back and and offer you um some something solid to contemplate i think was really wonderfully done um yeah great great film um but all right now it's our number ones all right uh, Leo, I guess it's what? Uh, okay. Red Rocket. Yeah, wow. That's Texas boy, huh? Yeah, I have a little bit of a bias. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, like, I was flip-flopping between Licorice Pizza and Red Rocket. Um, but I, I think, I think I thought about Red Rocket more, uh, as the time went on. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that that's sort of the metric that I'm judging it on. Uh, I don't know. I didn't spend a lot of, like a a lot of time in like Galveston that like, you know, uh, Texas city area, but like I I did, I did like go down for some like beach trips and oh, and it is such a fantastic representation of that place. Uh, place is like very important to me when it comes to film and a sense of place. And, um, this like it, I mean, it feels, it feels like, you know, very, like the end of the world. It feels like this sort of like, yeah, the weird, like the, the thing, the, 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 what, what am I talking about? Like refineries? The fucking, uh, yeah, the refinery, like spout, it's like Blade Runner, like the fucking fire coming out of the Yeah, so, spout. yeah. So like, um, you know, I think the Jinx puts it best. I don't like, I didn't really like that documentary, but it's like, it's a place you go to not be found. And, um, that, that that quote has always stuck with me, and mm-hmm. uh, and like uh, you know, every, like uh, when when I went there, it's just like this huge tall grass, 
and and you see the refineries in the background kind of like you know those cruise ships that are like run aground and like you know billowing smoke you see like the the other the other side is just like you know the like the you know the the overwater like they're, they're oil refineries too at or you know they're whatever they're called like in in the ocean and so it's like it's like this very weird place of of this heavy industry with beach houses and and uh and and uh you know very like you know drug filled violent place but um uh but and but i really enjoyed seeing like like a like you know sort of capturing the the, the sort of marginal kind of lifestyles and like what people do to like pass the time and and like you know their histories and it, it's it's a apart from the story which i thought was fantastic there's uh i like it real the sense of place really spoke to me and so uh, yeah uh, sean baker's songs usually have uh, a very strong sense of geography to them like it's like when the characters are in the main location say like you know the the motel and water project and they go to the ice cream parlor and then to you know the other motel and then they come back because of the repetition of the back and forth that usually happens in his films like you have a donut hole mm-hmm. to the house to the mm-hmm. to the to the you kind of it feels so mapped out you know what i mean right which i actually think it's harder to do than than it appears so I, yeah I, no I, it, I, I, i've i've tried in my film and i think that it was like i i obviously didn't do as good of a job as sean baker but like uh i think i think in total like you know you should like i really should take take like you know his his, his out of his book you know no yeah he's he's real good at it and i I haven't seen all of his films i mean he doesn't have that many movies i've seen all of them like five or five yeah i mean he's a few like kind of like you know really underground films that are hard to find but his like first actual like legit film i think was starlet in 2009 um yeah okay great nico i I actually out yeah, yeah, yeah. Nico, I'd actually like to do my number one last, if that's okay, because it's a very important film so, to me. So would you mind going with your number one? Is it one? Crime Macho? No, it's actually not. <laughs> it should That'd be. That'd be hilarious. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. Yes, my, my number one is Rock Bottom Riser. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a film essay on Hawaii, um, you know, at, at surface level. Um, but... Um, you know, film essays can can be quite um, prosaic, but this one's fun, and that's what I loved about this. I I saw it also as part of New Director's New Films. Uh, it's by Fern Silva. He's uh, where did he watch you watch know, it? Been been make uh, at Lincoln Center, um, and so um, went to Lincoln Center, watched it, sat down, and it's just an explosive movie. You know, starts off with this like footage of like lava. Uh, with this um, very bombastic score, um, and it it just like it pulls you in from from the get go, and then it, you know it it also balances all these uh, dispersed uh, thoughts regarding uh, navigation in the Pacific or um, the presence of satellites on holy uh, land for um, the Hawaiian people and. And then there's there's all these like hilarious uh moments where it's like he he records like conversations with his producer, uh being like you have to like include the rock in this movie and he's like but the rock's not from Hawaii, um it's it's it, it's um that's really cleverly done and then it goes to the people on the island and um hey, it's this, this, this uh yeah he is. um and this um. It's like community of like p- 
people who do like vape tricks and their like fascination with lava and mm. it's um it's kind of all over the place but because of that is able to generate this great mosaic of um the 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 community it shows on film um you'll be able to see it soon it um i think it's premiering march first week of march or something oh um i know it's playing at metrograph on 35 which should look incredible Mm -hmm. um and um i'm sure it'll you know it'll run around the nation uh at least to la and new york because i don't know if it would really play anywhere else uh but um (laughs) yeah no it's 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 really good um mass what is it is it so well, my, I guess I, I think I know what it is. My number one film is a film I saw with Nico. It had a one-week run in IFC. And it's the movie that I actually thought about the most uh, of this whole year. And my, I don't know if it's the, it's the best film of the year, but it's the one that really just I can't stop thinking about. And that is Alexander Rockwell's Sweet Thing. Uh, it's a movie that's right now it's on Mubi, and you can rent it on Amazon, but it had a one-week run in IFC. And it's the director, he made In the Soup in the 90s. He also did a really great film called Little Feet uh, about 10 years ago at Sundance. And um, it's a black and white film. He's, a, he's an NYU grad professor, and he went out with his like, 11 grad students and made his film with his daughter, his son, his wife, and Will Patton. And, um, and it, loosely, it's about these kids that run away from an abusive family situation. Their parents are split up. And it's just really like kind of like, you know, renegade, kind of like kids on the run, beautiful film shot in 16, black and white, with the most incredible performance from his daughter, Lana Rockwell, who's just absolutely incredible. And um, it's a movie that is really like, I, I knew nothing about it except for, I, it was a quote on the poster from Rockwell's friend, uh, Quentin Tarantino, who had seen the movie and said, this is the best independent film of the last decade. I was like, okay. I didn't watch the trailer and I just, I went out to go and see it. And uh, with Nico and, and Ram and Alex and, uh, you know, I think we all liked it, uh, but myself particularly, I was just really floored by it. And I saw it again a few days later and it, it, it really just, it, 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 it's one of the best movies for me the last few years. Forget about this year. I, I just, um, there's something about it that's just really pure and, and it feels like it's not even a movie, you know, mm-hmm. um, I don't, I don't know what else, what, what else much to say that I, I, I implore anyone listening to this to give it a chance and watch it because it's not talked about enough. I don't think people even know about it in terms of the 2021 films. It's not even mm-hmm. that it's like indie or like small. It just, it's barely even out there. So um, I'm really happy. I, I'm privileged, honestly, not to exaggerate words, that I got to see the film in theaters. So that is my number one film. Yeah, no, I'm surprised. It, it really did go under like, the rug um and it i mean i it's a very powerful story i think everybody involved really sells it um lush cinematography um and and you know child actors are she is so good man so easily and it it just it's the complete opposite here there's they're incredible, and um, they pull you in for every single emotional beat across uh, their journey, um, which which is a wild and riveting one. And it it, it reminded I don't know it just it's got this like great rollicking spirit to it, uh, uh, and it reminded me of other movies like Badlands and the such. Um, and yeah, no, I definitely if if you can watch it on on movie, uh, do because uh, it's. It's original, it's heartfelt, 
um, I didn't I didn't love it as much as Mazda, but understandable. It's, it's yeah. still an exceptional movie. Yeah, and I um, loved it for its flaws too. Because many of the people I've t- I took to go and see it were like, "Oh, well, that thing and and that." But it was it was it, as um, Leo mentioned about Licorice Pizza. It was that feeling I got from it that it was stronger than any other film that I got I watched this year. So Leo, I really recommend that you you check. Do you have movie? Uh yeah, I, it's on, I hope it's on I movie. still do. <laughs> yeah, if 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 not, I'll hook you up. It's uh, <laughs> okay. I got it from yeah. It's uh. Let me see. It's it yeah. It's a really really good movie. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh that's the end of the podcast. Um, thank you, Leo, for joining us. Yeah, uh, no problem. Uh, this I, is a good bit of fun. I always like uh, coming on here and talking about movies. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Uh, yeah. well, soon we'll have you back on, uh, Leo. As you know from the last podcast, uh, the Giallo podcast we did. Uh, Leo has a film that will be released hopefully soon, a feature film, uh, The Doldrums, which um, I'm excited to see. I'm sorry I didn't get – I still haven't seen it. I'm going to watch it, I promise, this week. Yeah, um, yeah, just call me when you uh, do it. I will, I will, I will. Um, and we'll talk about that, and hopefully we'll have him on for some other things because uh, as, I, as I started it off, he's a friend of the show now, so we'll mm-hmm. be having him on more. Uh, Nico, yeah. any closing words from you? Um, no, I'm just excited we're back. And yeah, we're yeah, me too. And keep on making these. And next episode, which will be in a few weeks, will be Valley Films with uh, another good friend. So uh, Valley and LA Films, we're kind of mixing them together and cheating a little bit, but it'll be really fun. And yeah. uh, you can expect a lot more episodes from us coming up. We, we're doing like an Eric Romero episode and a Fassbender episode. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Wow. All right. Um, what the Romero or the Fassbender? I mean both. I mean like in. in well, you're welcome on either one. With, with different, you know, with yeah. different like versions of that. Wow. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. That. The, well, the Romero is so hard because there's so many fucking ones to choose from, and I only I can. Like, right. I, like um. I, I mean like yeah. Oh, but but what, what's the uh, what's the lineup for the Valley films? Can you say that or is for the oh the Valley? Oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. sure come on. God. Yeah. Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Oh. Um, Starlet, mm-hmm. um, Boogie Nights, Boogie Nights, Licorice Pizza, Licorice Pizza, and Bad News Bears. Um, Bad News Bears is yes. a Valley film. Like yeah, it takes place in the Valley. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Not the Richard Linklater, the original nineteen seventy six one. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I, I I have a feeling Magnolia is called Magnolia because of Magnolia. Street Magnolia. Well, I wanted to put Magnolia on there, but. Uh, the guests, you know, I, le- I already got shoes. two. P- yeah. P.T. Anderson, like, yeah. I mean, I, I might, because we just did Licorice Pizza today. I might convince him. I think P.T. Anderson's the, the director we've covered the most on this podcast. Yeah, because Cole wanted to do the fucking P.T.A. four films thing. It's not, it's not out of any of our choices. Yeah, but then, like, Inherent Vice came up again Because I love Inherent Vice. It's 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 there's another one. I mean, like, the, uh, the I mas- love Inherent Vice. The Master is, like, my, I think, my favorite. And Aaron Weiss is my favorite, I'd say. And then Magnolia closely followed. I love Magnolia. Anyways, uh, Leo, you gotta go. Um, Thank you again, dude, so much for doing this. uh, And we hope to have you back again soon. All right. right. Everyone watch Sweet Thing. All right. Bye, guys.